All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Woodwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Man with freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken. Spoken. This is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Casey Beard Co. Studios with my guy, Trevor Twidwell. What's going on? And that's it. I'm that's just it. kidding. Let's get it back. Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. Yeah, he's back. It's felt like two years, my man. We missed you, but it's good it's to really, have you it's back. Really, it's really great to have you back. I listened to the podcast, and uh, really I didn't say nice things, you <laughs> bastards. If we did, it'd be weird. <laughs> Listen, we have we have an image to uphold, and when you're away, the shit talk has to emit, has to continue. It's not like it's any different. Than this show here. thrives off negativity, so <laughs> makes sense. Suck it, Eddie. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Though. Episode thirty-one. We are uh, really glad to be here. Um, it's one of those rare nights where it's just us three here chilling with no special guests. But don't worry, guys. We got some great ones cooking up, ready to go for the football season. So stay tuned for that. But it's just us, just the just the three of us. You know what I mean? It's just going to be a fun-filled night of us, all original guys, OGs. But that there's a lot to talk about, and I'm really excited to get your guys' thoughts on this. Before we do that, I do want to thank all of our uh, sponsors, all of our listeners, uh, Commandeer Brand, uh, Casey Hemp Company, Local Foundry, several others, uh, and all of you that listen every single week. I've been getting some great responses when we were at the Ravens game this last week. Had several people come up to me and tell me they really enjoy the podcast. So thank you all for listening because I know there's a million podcasts out there for you to listen to. A lot of great content. I mean, you got your Arrowhead Pride, your Amateur Hours, all those all those great podcasts out there that just totally surpass us. But the fact that you guys take the time to listen to us means a lot, and I just wanted to take that time. So thank you all very much. But getting into what happened last week or the, this last Sunday, rather, at Arrowhead Stadium, it's always hard to – you know, encapsulate everything that you experience at Arrowhead. You know, you, you, it, it goes by so quickly. You know, Eddie, you and I went to a lot of games last year together. Ooh, Trevor, yeah. throughout our lives, we've been at Arrowhead. It's, it, it goes by so fast because you're having so much fun. And, you know, you're out there tailgating and, and seeing people you don't get to see in the off season, whether they live far away or they just get busy with their lives. This is the only time you really get to hang out. It just it goes by so quick. And then you get in the stadium, you're overwhelmed by just the beauty of Arrowhead and just the vibe you're getting and the experience of being next to 70 plus thousand of your best friends that share one common goal and one common interest, which is to see the Chiefs win. And then the game's over and then you go home and then you try to recollect on everything that happened and you try to find all the highlights of what was what was, you know, what stuck out to you the most. Growing up, and I know Trevor can attest to this, growing up, the thing was always about, well, at least we had a good time. You know, whether the Chiefs won or not, it was always about just, you know, well, we had a great time. It was great food, great friends. You know, it was an experience you want to come back for all of it. Even though it flies by, you you crave it once again. It was so different this time. And I would ask, you know, we've had we had other family out there. My brother Brandon was there. Uh, my dad, my brother, my brother Jared was all out there. We had several friends out there as well. And I don't know how it impacted them or how it made them feel. But when I left Arrowhead, I remembered everything. And the day didn't fly by for the first time ever. After all those drinks, you still remembered everything? After all the drinks. That's amazing. And 
what's incredible is, is that I, I, I was thinking about it when I got back to the house. I, I was I was wondering. I was like, why was it different this time? And then I just started to really think about it, and I said, you know, it's. I think it has everything to do with the fact of the of what I'm expect, expe, ex, expecting as a Chiefs fan now. Mm-hmm. What I'm expecting as a Chiefs fan is to see the best team on the in the NFL on my field every single home Sunday. That's something I've never experienced before in my life. And it really blew me away as a Chiefs fan to realize that things are really different here now. Arrowhead Stadium has always had this incredible, you know, experience or vibe. Yeah, whatever words you want to come to it. I keep saying experience, but that's all. Yeah, it it almost is spiritual. Like it almost is like an out of body experience. If you've never been to Arrowhead, you don't know what I'm talking about. You got to get there and find it out, man, for sure. Right. And that's a given. So I put all that aside. I don't take it for granted, but I already know it's coming. This was different because when we went out there and we were sitting there, it felt like every single one of us out there in the stands was expecting to see the best. And it's never been that way before. Guys, it's truly different at Arrowhead. So if you haven't been out yet, obviously there's only been one game. But you need to get out there at the Colts game. You need to get out there in the Texans game. You need to come out when the Packers are in town and the Vikings. Get out there because I'm telling you it's different. And I, I had the best time as a Chiefs fan ever at Arrowhead Stadium this last Sunday. I can't I can't wait to to get to experience that this uh this year. But man, I was looking at those ticket ticket prices. Mm. Fuck me. Yeah. You're paying <laughs> I was the like, best. Ooh, I don't know. It's like that that living room, you know, sounds a lot better. Yeah. Looking at those prices. Hey, get, some, get some DoorDash and yeah, just call it a day, you know? That's gonna be me most of the season. I'll be at the Colts game and then the Packers game, but I'm not sure what other ones. But I will be at the Super Bowl though, so I mean, there you go. Yeah, the Packers game, I think the cheapest one is like three fifty. Yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be and like, you're talking that game nose sell out bleeds, easy. Bro. Yeah. You're talking nosebleeds three Prime time game, dude. Fuck. That game is yeah. So the game, I think we can finally, you know, sink our teeth into what actually happened on the field. Hmm. Um coming into this matchup, everyone was talking about the Ravens and in particular Lamar Jackson and how unstoppable he's been so far this season. And rightfully so. The guy has played at an MVP caliber this year. The seven touchdowns, no interceptions coming into the game. I think he was second in yards at that time. Mm-hmm. Um so the hype was real. And the Chiefs definitely took him seriously as a passer. Last year, the matchup was so different. The Chiefs, you could tell, were so focused on stopping his running ability because at that time, that's what he was most known for. And they failed. And they failed miserably. And they luckily had Patrick Mahomes come out and save their ass. But this game was different because the Chiefs said, you know what? We're going to make him throw us deep. And we're going to force him to try to run, basically. It's going to be the extreme plays. Either he's going to run or he's going to try to throw deep. And we both know, we all three know that a deep ball from Lamar Jackson probably isn't the best way to win a game if he's your quarterback. Right. So they made him they made him fight. And yeah. that's one thing I will definitely give the defense, but what we saw from the offense is nothing short of what I mean, I don't know how else to put it. It's you don't have Tyreek Hill, Eric Fisher, or Damian Williams and you drop 33 points on a team as I think it was a C plus performance from the offense. I yeah. think they could have played much better. Because I, I was yeah. gonna say they they started kind of slow. Yeah, uh, I watched a couple highlights. I got I fucking got to miss the game. Last two weeks we started slow, but started slow yeah, against Raiders too. Yeah, it's been two 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 straight weeks to yeah. where the first quarter they they they've been trying to get that rhythm, but they just can't. I don't know what's what's happening there. Like they either just there to study the defense. That's what they use their first quarter on. Yeah. I, I think that's what they're doing. And second quarter is just like, all right, fuck it, here. Well, it seems like the scripted plays haven't been working out as good. Like usually the first couple opening drives are scripted, yes. right? You have a game plan. And it seems like the last couple of weeks the game plan hasn't really gone too well, especially against the Raiders. We looked super flat when we first came out of that game. They, that Raiders defense was ready for whatever we were coming out on. Um, 
But yeah, we started slow because I think, and I think off the script, Mahomes is just so deadly because he's so good at surveying the field and waiting for someone to pop open or anticipate his anticipation, especially on those turn and fadeaway throws. That one to Marcus Robinson in the end zone, the corner of the end zone was just unreal. Like his ability to, to just anticipate that guy getting open. So just a question here. Do you think that uh, Patrick Mahomes influences the play calling after the first quarter? Like, cause they, you know how they start slow mm. and then do they let Patrick Mahomes kind of like decide what he wants to do? I think, I think that's, that's exactly what they did on that. The, when we needed that, that first down, when it was third yes. down and we, we were at the end of the game, we had to clinch the, and you know, run the clock out supposedly Mahomes told Reed that he wanted to run that play and they've had that play, you know, when they need to convert on third downs and, and crunched moments like that. Um, and Reed just, I guess Reed just kind of gave him the, you know, the reins on that and they ran that play. I lo- By the way, I love those plays where we run a couple of guys deep yeah. and then uh, we check it down and we have three blockers ready for our running back, whoever we check it down to, and they're all blocking up. That's a, a perfect third and, third and mid, like third and five, third and six play. Much better than the draw plays they try to run. Ah, yeah, those were not. Those were, we don't have the line strength for that right now. What, Our O line's not as strong. What what this game? So what I what I took away from the game side of things from the offense was McCall Hardman is the real deal. I mean, there, there's no question at this point now whether this kid is uh, was worth the pick or not. I know it was a super risky pick for a multitude of reasons, but McCall Hardman showed me this kid is not just fast; he's NFL fast, which is different. And he's NFL ready. He's yeah. he's the kind of guy that can play wide receiver while being fast. There, uh, that's that's a hard thing to find. Talk about me, Cole. There was a there was a guy on on Twitter. He posted a video. He was like, "Look at me, Cole." He was like, even in slow motion, he mm-hmm. looks fast. Right. Yeah. He yeah. was like, "What? Like what the hell?" I think they clocked him in like twenty five miles an hour. Had the fastest touchdown of the year so far. Um, I think I, I would say he has real deal potential. I don't think he's the real deal yet because he has a lot of route running. I think uh, to work on. He's kind of a nine route guy right now, or he's kind of a, guy, a catch and space kind of guy, makes something happen, kind of like how Tyreek was, similar to, how, to what Tyreek was when he first came in the league. He was kind of a chuck it deep, you know, uh, but he's beating guys. That's all that matters right now, and he's got so much potential to growth. And Demarcus Robinson is looking like a complete receiver. That was right the other now. thing I was going to get That's to. That's the scary part. I think Demarcus Robinson has also shown that in, hands. in the time that of, of need, he answers the call yeah. because it isn't just been McCole Hardman that's been able to fill in for Tyreek Hill's side of things. Demarcus Robinson, if you really want to look at it from a scoring standpoint, yeah. it's actually been better. Well, so it's you got to give him his recre- his credit. And let's be real, you mentioned the the throw that Patty had in the in the in the corner. Yes, it was actually a better catch oh, than even a throw. And I want to give Patty made. all the credit for the fadeaway jump shot. Yeah, but let's be real. Demarcus snagged that ball with one hand and kept his yeah. both, both his feet. And that was that was a, that's a talent thing. That is an elite is, catch. Isn't this his contract year too? This is his contract yeah. year. <laughs> he might he might be making himself some money this oh, year. Yeah. There's he's not going to be a chief if, next year. If he can play at that level, I mean, I don't think there's Sammy any. Sammy might not be around. I, next year. I don't think I don't think he's a chief next year. If yeah. he continues to play the way he's playing and, now, he's not and, he's not going to be a chief. And since Patty's been here, we've known we've seen in the preseason the chemistry between him and Patty, Demarcus Robinson and Pat. We've seen the big plays. And I know it's preseason, but we've seen that. They have that that lock on connection when they made they lock eyes, yes. just make something happen. You know, cut left. And they'll kind of like read each other's body language, and they they have a connection there. Yeah, you know, and that's that's just for a young quarterback that you, you don't want to lose guys that have a connection. So, with something like that. something else the the offensive side showed me was just how valuable LaShawn McCoy is to this team. Oh man, I mean already the experience he has, even even with a hobbled leg, mm-hmm. he has a he has a hurt ankle right now. He was out there and making absolute clutch plays for the mm. Chiefs. He knows where the sticks are, man. He, he knows how to get there. You, yeah. you see he's still got a lot left on him. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know he, he's not a young running back anymore. He's 31 years old. He looks good, man. But he looks so damn good, even hobbled. And mm-hmm. he shows that, you know what, Damian Williams might be the 
catch, you know, the pass catching back, but I can be the guy you can use on all three downs. And he's still that he's guy. Still bangs, it's it. he's still he's playing so well that even as much pressure as you know the Chiefs have right now to play Darwin Thompson at a higher level, you're still getting LaShawn McCoy's touches and Daryl Williams goes out there and plays the change of pace back. That I mean that that was it was so cr- it showed me that this offense although is superstar loaded, it's also extremely deep. Yeah. Like you, you can go three running backs deep on this offense, even without Damian Williams. You can go three or four wide receivers deep on this offense right now without Tyreek Hill. Like that, that isn't something you just find sitting around in the league. And that's why Patrick Mahomes has one of the easiest jobs in the NFL right now. No disrespect to what he's doing, yeah. but he's got a lot of weapons to work with right now that a lot of other quarterbacks don't have the pleasure of of, of using. That's why I call him Patrick in the pe- the plethora because yeah. it just. If they were a, if they were a, a singing doo-wop dance song or uh, a band, that's the name of their group. Because I'm telling you, they, it is it, it's almost like you can just pick your poison around mm-hmm. the offense on a weekly on a big weekly basis. And like I was saying about the Ravens going into this game, they had only allowed I think set, was it 27 points in the first two games. Yeah, and then they go and they score 33 without three starting offensive players. That is saying something. Well, my favorite thing too about going back to Shady real quick. Um, my favorite thing about the addition of him and his attitude so far since he's been here, he's been he keeps reiterating that football's fun again. And to have a veteran, an, an elite talent, Hall of Fame possible talent, veteran running back come in and, and knowing that he's ha- he's having fun, he's not going somewhere for his career to die, he's not going to the Raiders for his career to, to, to die so he can play a couple more years of shitty football and then leave, right? A couple, you know, get some a couple more paychecks and get out of the game. He's here and he smells blood. He smells a, a possible ring to top off his career, you know, right off in the sunset. It's fun for him, and that's going to obviously motivate him to, to bring his best football to the yeah. table. Yeah. And that is exciting as a Chiefs fan, dude, to not have, not only have that guy in our locker room, but to spread that energy to our younger guys that are looking, you know, to Damian Williams and, the, and the, you know, the Daryl Williams and other guys that are looking to him as that veteran leadership in that in that that running back room. But, yeah, Baltimore, man, I I, I know they're hyping up the game as, you know, the next Brady uh, Manning all Ian Frazier. Right. I don't believe in Lamar that much yet. I need to see a little more. I know he had a couple hot weeks against some terrible teams. Right. Right? And if we're being real and we all watched that game, which I've watched twice now, and I this is why I called, but he's not going to have that great of a game. He, if you look at the box score, it looks like he did. But if you actually watch the game, Lamar did not play that well. No. He has great feet. He has great footwork in that last scramble to get the touchdown garbage time. Fine. It looks nice. He has some moves. I'll get. Obviously, that's the strength of his game. But he did not play that great. He only reason he had those – the yardage that he had was because he threw up two 70, 55 yard chunk, just go up and grab them, whoever wants it, balls, and they happen to come down with them. Yeah. You know, that's on us too to bat those balls out or get a pick because they should have been picked twice. And the other one was obviously a, a, a offensive pass interference, but it, that didn't get called. Um, even, yeah, even after review, game, he had a pedestrian game, dude. And our defense has, has been playing really, really well against the deep ball, surprisingly. And that's why I wanted to segue to the defense side because, mm-hmm. um, you know, the offense doesn't give me a lot of concerns. I mean, we could talk about the offensive oh, line. I think the offensive line is going to get offensive line is going to get better when Eric Fisher gets back. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't like that Patty's been getting hit as much as he's been getting hit. But, yeah, you know, especially with this match coming up, we have some tough dudes in that Detroit. Detroit I, I agree. Yeah, we'll um, but get getting there. getting to the defensive side, I mean, it, it, at this point, yes, I will come out and say there was a few times in that game I was absolutely pissed mm. at Spagnolo and the defensive players. I mean, Shervarius Ward. There was a fucking arm punt that was yeah. coming at him that you mentioned about Lamar Jackson's throw across the field. And Charverius is sitting under the ball. He could have fair caught that damn thing. Yeah, and he lets, I think, Willie Sneed come out and snag that ball out of midair. Yeah, you just, cannot let opposing quarterbacks get away with that. That's inexcusable. You not let that, that ball happen. was in the air for like four and a half seconds, man. Right. That's just stupid. It was but horrible. The, the, what I, overall, what I was upset about, and there is a silver lining to all of it, is the fact that 
I mean, my God, the Ravens did everything they wanted on the on the ground. Mark Ingram I mean, just absolutely ate us up. They sh- they shredded the Chiefs. They had over 150 rushing yards in the game. Yeah, they're averaging I think over 200 rushing yards for the season. Like this, this is probably the best rush attack right now in the NFL because of Lamar Jackson's mobility. Oh, yeah. So it's going to make things tough. So I, I'm not going to knock the Chiefs and say, "Oh my God, you guys played like shit." But that cannot be a weekly thing where you're just seeing running backs get six and a half yards of carry. You cannot allow that. And and now, luckily, and we'll talk about this later on in the show about the Lions matchup, a team like the Lions who are only averaging three, 3.4 yards per carry, which is one of the worst in the NFL right now, mm. if they go off and have their way on the, on the ground, the Chiefs have a real problem. Mm. And because not just for the temporary, not just for the now, but if they're trying to legitimately beat the Patriots, mm-hmm. who are one of the best running teams in the NFL, and that's how they beat the Chiefs last year, the Chiefs have a real problem. And we have to be very concerned, and we have to hope that Patty Mahomes can fill that hole because he tried doing it last year, and he almost did it. He would have to almost recreate what he did last season, and that's not fair to anybody. So right. yeah, I, I would say that I think overall the, the defense played good enough, and that is what to the Chiefs need is good it's, enough. Especially in my favorite part of the whole entire game, the whole vibe of the game was desperation because the, the Baltimore, you saw, man, they were going for two every chance they get, every chance they got. They were trying to get as many points in each possession as they could. They were not trying to take field goals. And that is the ultimate respect to the offense that we have. You know, if you're not getting two points, you know, on top of the six points you're getting, if you're not getting eight-point drives, good luck trying to keep up with this offense. And that is the ultimate, especially for a coach like Harbaugh, who is, you know, as prideful as they come who, you know, is one of the best coaches in this league, and he pays that much respect to us with with the hyped-up quarterback that he has. You know, and we, we obviously we played great on those two-point conversion plays, too. We were not letting him escape the pocket. We were keeping him in. We were forcing him to throw, and he threw some errant throws that were not very pretty. But, yeah, I mean, dude, overall, I, I was very impressed with the defense, besides, obviously, the gashing of the run game. Um, yeah, we definitely got to tighten that up. But I think we are allowing a lot of the running, too. I think we we're kind of like letting them milk the clock all they want and let them run all day. That's fine because yeah. we know we're going to go out there and score every time we get the ball. Right. So. In the past, the past defense, like you had mentioned, actually looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that has everything to do with the fact that they absolutely overhauled the safety position. Yeah. Now, obviously, they're going to have to answer the, 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 corner, the, so the cornerback. Better. They're going to have to, you know, obviously answer that later on. And we're going to talk about it that, too. It was by far Tyrone's best game. Yes. I mean, after flying around. Tyron Matthews should have had two picks. Yeah. I mean, he was absolutely all over the field. He flew out of, the, out of nowhere and batted it. That was absolutely beautiful. They, it was by prime yeah. Tyron Matthew. The secondary, I will, I will say, although I could not believe what Charverius Ward did, mm-hmm. despite that, yes, yeah. the other the other catch that Lamar just threw up for a hope and prayer was yeah. offensive pass appearance. It was clear. But like I said, I, I would give I would give the, the defensive backs for the first time in a very long time a lot of credit for that victory because, like I said, the defense made some some pretty good stops down the stretch. Yeah, they did not allow that. Sam really two-year. been having a hell of a year so far. He's played really well so far this year. I'm impressed with him. I mean, it's just the opposite side of the field is what's concerning. The pro- the progress we're seeing from this defense is the fact that you know, and Anthony Stratton from Arrowhead guys actually broke that down when he was on the show about how. Um, you know they were they were starting to draft four three guys a couple years ago, mm-hmm. playing in the three four. So this defense was two years ahead as far as like getting to this place with the four three. Not only that, they added guys to the defense from free agency that was from that were from four three defenses. So although they still have a long way to go as far as me thinking they're going to be at their absolute best, I do think that they are ahead of schedule because of those very factors. I think that they, this defense was built for a four three. 
at the base of it, and then they added pieces around it that were experienced veterans in four three defenses at their previous stops. Mm. So this is this like I said, I think that yes, they have a, they have a lot of growing pains to still go through. I think that there's going to be a couple games this year where the defense gives up over thirty points. I, I definitely think that you're going to have those games where they're like, shit, man, the defense can't stop them. It's going to happen, and we have to expect that. No, the, the reason why it's okay though. I don't know about that though. I I do because of the fact that you're going to have you're going to be facing some really good offenses coming down the stretch. They haven't really faced great offenses yet. Let's be real here. You know, I mean, the defense is playing well, but let's be real. They have not played top-notch offenses. The Ravens is, is a good offense, but as the season progresses, we're going to see that they're not going to be a top three scoring I'm offense. Start, I'm just starting to trust the adjustments that I've been seeing. That's the that's the most biggest thing that I'm hyped on so far from what I've seen from week in and week out so far is the adjustments of when things – I mean, outside of the, us just absolutely abandoning the run defense last week – us adjusting to our opponent and not playing down to our opponent's level, actually being ready for our opponent now, you know, not letting them get off first. That's, that's my main thing is, is seeing when we are, the scheme that we had planned for coming into the game, isn't working out us flipping it on its head and adjusting, which we didn't, we, you know, we haven't seen that because with Sutton and the scheme before we just rolled with it, you know, and we, we, we won with, you know, we, we die, live by the sword and die by the sword pretty much is what we did last year, last few years. And it's, it's not a bend, don't break. It's, you know, we need some more pressures. We need to hit the quarterback a lot more, and I hope we can do that this next week is with a banged-up Stafford. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm just impressed with the both sides, offensively and defensive adjustments, man. What I'll say, though, about the defensive side and why I say that there's going to be games like that, not just because they're going to be facing really good quarterbacks coming down For the sure. stretch against Rodgers, Brady, yeah. Phillip Rivers twice. You know, they're going to be – there's going to be a couple games. Stafford where, could possibly go off this week. That's you know, possible. Jacoby Brissett could have a good game. Deshaun Watson, for God's sakes. I mean, yeah. you know, like I said, they're going to have games where they're going to give up 30 points. Yeah. Because why? Only defenses that are elite – don't give up games like that on a normal basis. Like if you think about the 2015 Broncos or the, the, the 2000 Ravens, the 1985 Bears, they didn't give up 35 points for a multitude of weeks. Yeah. This defense is not close to that. They're going to be an average defense this year. I'm thinking they're going to probably finish 15 to 20 well, in, plus, in total and, defense. And plus it goes with how good our offense is because teams know they have to come in and right. fire away. Right, and that's what I'm saying. That's the pressure the defense is going to expect or have to have to face. Yeah. So you're going to have those shootouts. There's going to be a couple of them. I've already learned to accept that because you saw what they did against the Jaguars, which you know had their sec- their backup in there. He's had zero experience in the NFL. Right. Ends up scoring, you know, obviously the, the garbage points. But my right. point is this: is that you know when you face an Aaron Rodgers, don't. I'm not going to be the guy that turns heel on the defense if they give up 28, 32 points to Aaron Rodgers. I'm not going to do that. Now, it would be great if they keep him to 15 to 20 points because that's pretty much a guaranteed victory. Because in Patrick Mahomes' career, the Chiefs have not lost a game when they've held their opponent under 28 points. So basically, if you can keep him under four touchdowns, mm-hmm. you're going to win the game. That's not really hard. That's not like a that's not a high bar to, to grab. You know what I mean? Coming that's from, a pretty low bar. Last year, yeah, that's not asking. That's what I'm saying. So if the defense can give us, you know, if they can keep it within 24 points a game, right? The Chiefs are not losing. That's just because the offense is just too great. They they have not scored under 25 points in 27 straight games. An NFL record that's still going. So all I'm going to say is this. I'm willing to be patient with the defense. I'm going to give them two solid months of, of football to really see what they're all about. Give them eight solid games of football, and I think that's when we're really going to know because it's not just about the body of work, the sample size. That's when the meat of the schedule really comes to fruition when we're going to start seeing them go against good quarterbacks like I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. So if they can play well against those guys, man, I'm 100% sold. If they give up 30 points here and there, I'm like, well, shit, they got a long way to go still. And it's going to happen, you know, you're an average defense, but I still think that they can get better. 
Yeah. So I'm going to stay on the optimistic side. Obviously, you know how we feel about the offense. I just think this – I personally believe the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. I know I put I posted that poll a few uh, – it was last week. Uh, you know, do I – you know. Yeah. And they were, it was pretty mixed up. I think, Eddie, you were on the other side. You didn't think the Chiefs were the best team in the NFL, which I get. But if you're going to tell me it's because of the Patriots, look at who they've played. And to be honest with you, I don't think the Patriots have been playing all that great. It's just that they've been dominating bad opponents. Yeah, you don't have to you don't have to play well against bad opponents is yeah. what I'm saying to win games the way they have. So no disrespect to the Patriots. I think from top to bottom, the Chiefs were the best team last year, and I think they're the best team this year. Mm-hmm. The results just came out the way they did for un- unfortunate circumstances that happened in key pivotal moments. That's what I think it came down to. So we'll see how the rest of the season plans out. But I think, like I said, the, the only team, in my opinion, that can beat the Chiefs is the Chiefs. And I said this last season, I'll say that or I said that this offseason, I'll say that again this year. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that they are the only team. If they don't come out there, they come out flat for an entire four quarters on offense, the Chiefs will lose. But that's not because their opponent's that much better. It's because of the fact that the Chiefs didn't get the job done. That's how great I think they are. And that's the bar and that's the standard I put them in because of what they've done for 27 straight games. That's before Patrick Mahomes even became our quarterback. So the standards there, you have to you have to expand you have to either meet it or exceed it in order for you to to win. I don't think that's too tough for the Chiefs. And I think that uh I think that we got a, a lot of wins coming down the stretch, boys. I, I really do. So it's gonna be interesting to see how it goes down. But we're going to take a break right now. When we get back, we're actually going to talk about one Tyreek Hill. He's been out of the news a lot lately because he's not been on the field. Mm-hmm. How valuable is Tyreek Hill to this offense and to this team in general? We'll get back to that after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine and have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. Find them online at CommandeerBrand.com or follow them at Commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts, designed with an edge. Back at it on the Spoken Podcast for segment number two. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guys, Eddie Ortiz yo, yo, yo. and Trevor Twidwell. What up? <laughs> hey. So I had, I, had a, Hello. I had a thought I had a thought last week. Um, did you, Dan? I did. I had a couple thoughts. But the one thoughts. I want to I share with you. Not just one, but a couple? A couple. I'm surprised. I narrowed it down to one. And uh, I'm, I'm serious when I say – I'm serious when I say that the NFL should seriously consider putting the Chiefs on primetime every week for the rest of the season. I mean, who the hell says no to that? I mean, think about it. How many games – All many the games, money that would be made? How many games have we watched – how many primetime games have we watched already in just the first month of football? And how many of them have absolutely sucked ass? Not just that they weren't like great games, mm. but they were just fucking terrible. Oh, All but two. Exactly. Thank you, Evan. It, it, Last it, night's was good, man. It comes down to the Saints-Texans, and we it was the first week of Monday Night Football, which is an incredible game. Came down to the game-winning field goal. And then last night's game against Eagles and Packers. That was a great game last night. It ended really weird, but it was good overall. But if you're only getting two good games or uh, top-tier games out of ten, that's 20% of your primetime games are even worth watching. Oh, yeah. I mean – so I obviously know it's not going to happen, but I'm, I really thought about it. I'm like, man, who would really say no to that if the Chiefs got every primetime game every week? It's a I, 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 I think me as a fan, I would honestly probably say no to that because every primetime is either Thursday night, Sunday night, or Monday night. And you got you got work and you got all this stuff to do. And, you know, you want to have a good time being being a fan. You want to drink some beers, you know. That's what PTO is for. <laughs> 
And I just, yeah, I'm kidding, but I'm not. I'm kidding, but I'm not. <laughs> but you gotta do it every week. Yeah. That's just wasting your days. I'm just, I'm just a greedy uh, cheese fan now. You know, I just, I just want to see my team get, in prime time I, every I, week. Yeah, man. I wouldn't mind it. I want the world to see what I see every week. <laughs> but at the same time, it's kind of like as a fan, and I want to like go to the stadiums and stuff like that. Have that experience. It, yeah. it kind of like, you know, limits you to uh to a certain time every every week thanks for being my wet blanket eddie yeah. i really appreciate You're that welcome. you know really brought the show down I really You're welcome. <laughs> but let's let's get to the top of your hand um since the second i think no it was the first quarter i believe of the of the of week one against the jaguars the chiefs have been playing without tyreek hill when that initially happened obviously i was a little worried i was like shit man that's gonna really suck to have tyreek out for a length of time because we as long as patrick Mahomes has been the quarterback he's never played without tyreek hill so it'd be interesting to see, but I wasn't overly worried by any stretch. I think we even talked about it several times on the show. And wouldn't you know it, the Chiefs, I mean, Patrick Mahomes and himself is averaging almost 400 yards per game, has 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions with a 139 rating, which is obviously he's on pace to not only demolish last year's numbers, but obviously win a second MVP in consecutive years. So people started to obviously theorize about, well, how important is Tyreek Hill to this offense? How valuable is Tyreek Hill to this offense? Because look how well they're playing. We even had, you know, local radio hosts talking about it on their shows about, well, this is why we should have traded Tyreek Hill in the offseason for a defensive player like a cornerback or something of that nature. And then we got on the spoken, you know, we started having dialogue on there. People asking Trevor and myself, you know, would you trade Tyreek Hill straight up for Jalen Ramsey? You know, things like that. And really putting us in a weird position, in my opinion, because of the fact that I don't think that, one, those trades are realistic, and two, the Chiefs would ever even consider it. Nope. And this is the reason why. And I'm going to get your guys' thoughts on this in just a second, but let me just let me just take you down this road real quick of what I've been thinking all week. Tyreek Hill is not how I'd say the, – the question shouldn't be whether Tyreek Hill is as valuable as we thought he is because of the last three games, but rather do we really comprehend just how great and valuable Patrick Mahomes really is? <laughs> Make no mistake about it, Tyreek is insanely valuable to this team's success down the stretch. But the way Mahomes has essentially made Tyreek seems, dare I say, not as missed as initially anticipated, speaks such volumes of what he's doing with his talents right now. Of course, Mahomes has a plethora of talents surrounding him, but how many of us would, have, would, would even know who Demarcus Robinson or Darrell Williams is and how many of us would even give up on Sammy or would have given up on Sammy Watkins before or without Mahomes? That's praise to his greatness not a discredit to Tyreek's. Mm. And that's kind of where I'm at with this whole thing is, yes, it does make Tyreek Hill look a little less valuable. But it's not because of him. It has nothing to do with Tyreek Hill because if you want to go even further back, we can go to the AFC Championship with Tyreek Hill had one catch and the Chiefs dropped 31 points in the second half. Mm. So that against the seventh-ranked defense, may I add, yeah. who gave up three points in, 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 the, in, the, um, in the Super Bowl. A defense that's been nothing but amazing this entire season. I pulled up a stat today, and I was I, I was looking. I, I spent a lot of time on this stat actually, looking up just how great Patrick Mahomes has been against the Patriots. Just to go on a little side note: uh, opposing quarterbacks versus the Patriots defense in the last four games, that's including the the, the Super Bowl. Their averages are, or their average, they complete an average of fifty-seven percent of their passes, six hundred ninety-two total yards, zero touchdowns, six interceptions with a forty-nine rating. Patrick Mahomes in his career against the Patriots, 58% completion percentage, which is not good, but he can get better. 647 yards of himself. That's 324 yards a game, just around 324 yards a game. Seven touchdowns, two interceptions with a 114 rating. 
So as great as the Patriots were, as great, it, 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 this this offense shows you how great – or Patrick Mahomes has shown you how great this offense can be with or without Tyreek because, like I said, that last game in the AFC Championship, Tyreek Hill did nothing. He was absolutely useless. And he's been not, he hasn't been on the field since the first quarter of this season, the very first quarter of the first game of this season. And the Chiefs are averaging 33 points a game. Mm-hmm. So that And again, missing Eric Fisher, Damian Williams. So are we sitting here questioning, well, I guess Eric Fisher isn't valuable. I guess you know Damian Williams isn't that valuable. No, it's the fact that we finally have the guy at the core piece that makes everything better when we're missing other pieces. We forget last year had the probably the worst defense in the NFL. I know they weren't ranked the worst, but... I think they were the worst. As far as, points, as, far as points allowed. Yeah, yeah, and as far as a contending team. I mean, every, almost every other defense in the NFL that made the playoffs was significantly better than the Chiefs. Yet they made to the AFC Championship and were four inches away from getting to the Super Bowl. So again, it's not about Tyreek. It has nothing to do with Tyreek. He is insanely valuable, and you're going to see it when he gets back on this team in the next couple weeks. You're going to see how much better this offense even gets. Yeah. You're going to see how they're going to be dropping 40 at will when he gets back on this team. So yeah. let me get your guys' thoughts. What's your my, thoughts, Eddie? Just my question, though, to, to that point, uh, like it, it's a, kind of like a what if. What if Tyreek Hill comes back and, and you don't see them dropping 40? You don't, you don't see them increasing yards? Impossible. Oh, let me ask – can I ask – can I answer that with a question? Right, it's impossible. Do they still score the way they're doing right now? Yeah. Okay, then I'm not worried. Because if you're scoring well, 33 just, points well, a game – but would you question Tyreek Hill's value then? I think I would have to reevaluate his value. I don't I'd, think I'd I would have to question see that. I'd yeah. have to see that first. I'm sorry. Because ever since Tyreek's been in this offense, it's been one of the most explosive offenses in the Wait, NFL. Alex Smith, and then, it was one of the most explosive. Exactly. And then, you get, and then you get Patrick Mahomes, and it becomes the most explosive yeah. offense. So I, I get your question, and, and it's valid. I'm just saying that I would have to really – I would be very shocked if that ever became a reality is what I'm saying. My, my only – I mean, I ask that because in the Jaguars game – if you notice, it, it was it was mostly Sammy Watkins who was getting because Miko and Tyreek were ex, like spreading the field, and you had uh, Sammy Watkins doing the shorter routes and and Patrick Mahomes just doing that quick throw. So, do you think that's going to happen more often when Tyreek comes back and you don't see Patrick going going as deep? Uh, yeah, I actually that's why I had his. You guys remember when we did our prediction show? I only had Tyreek barely eclipsing eighty receptions this year because I think that he's going to be the home run hitter. But he's also going to be a decoy a lot of times. He's going to be the one that's attracting those high safeties. That's what he was in the second half of the AFC Championship game. Right. He was yeah. He was basically just – We realized they were bracketing him and getting yeah. him out of the game. Yeah, Belichick was like, look, I'm going to shut him down. Yeah. You're not going to have Tyreek Hill. So, yeah, I do, I do expect there's going to be times where defenses are going to force the Chiefs to not go Tyreek's way, which is easier for Patty. But he's proving it that, okay, I can still score 33 at will without right. him. Anybody who's that should scare defensive coordinator. Absolutely. Anybody who's questioning the 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 value that Tyreek brings to this offense and this team in general needs to flash back a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, when the Chiefs stood by him through all of this shit that we had, we dealt with as fans this uh, as past offseason. If the value, if it, if he's that valuable to Coach Reed and 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 Brett Veach for them to stick it out with him and not only stick it out with him and let him play throughout the season. And not cut him, but to extend him, make him one of the highest paid players in this league, to keep him on this roster. That alone is, is all you need to know, right? And it's kind of a not a godsend, but it's kind of a nice 
not nice. I don't even know how to really word it. The fact that he's out right now and the fact that we're getting to see the other weapons that we have and not only us, us fans are getting to enjoy and see the other weapons that we have, but all these other defenses are getting to see that we what we have outside of Tyreek. So that only when Tyreek gets back, that only adds to the pressure that they're going to have to prepare for. You know, they don't just have now we don't just have Tyreek that they would have to worry about taking it to the house and, and you know, one play a one play possession to the house. Now we got to worry about McCole Hardman. So now we can't bracket Tyreek Hill because we have a Tyreek Hill light on the other side of the field that could do the exact same damn thing. So when Tyreek Hill comes back, you, dude, it, it only makes our offense more potent. And we all can agree that we think Mahomes got better this year. He looks more, he looks more, you know, uh, comfortable in the pocket. His footwork is a little, looks a little more improved. His spiral is a little tighter. He's stepping into his throws a little more. He's still wowing us with some throws that we never thought were even possible with these fadeaway throws and stuff. When Tyree Kill comes back, man, it's just going to be – there's probably I, – I guarantee you Reed has plays that are that only are, or are for Tyreek that are going to unlock this offense even more. And Tyree Kill, unlike McColl, unlike a lot of the other guys we have on this offense, knows this offense better than any, other, any of the other wide receivers and can run the entire route tree now. He's developed as a true wide receiver one. And then he's not just a gimmicky guy like McCall Hardman is right now. McCall Hardman's pretty much just a nine route guy. He's very good at it, but he's not his route tree potential. His route tree potential is there, but he doesn't know how to run a lot of different routes. Tyree can run the, the slant routes. He can run the go routes. He can run you know up the seam. He can run out routes. He can run every. He can do in route. He can do wheel routes. He can do everything. He is the ultimate chess piece for this offense. And once he gets back, it, we're gonna see it. Okay, yeah, I'm just going to tell you right now, we're going to see the difference in this offense. Well, like, that's why I said that I thought that McCole Hardman was the best mistake the Chiefs have ever made. Right. Because it, we it, might it, not it, have taken him. They might, yeah, they wouldn't. Absolutely. Right. If Tyreek Hill never had this offseason stuff, we would never have seen McCole Hardman in a Chiefs uniform. Right. Unless he would have fallen into the draft, which I highly doubt would have happened. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like like when you were talking about, you brought up the Jalen Ramsey, and I've talked to people online about this also, about us trading Tyreek straight up for Jalen Ramsey. As if Jalen Ramsey is going to impact this team more than Tyreek Hill would. I'm sorry. That's not. That's just not how it's going to happen. Well, and furthermore, imagine if the Chiefs would have never like stood by Tyreek's side. Let's, that's say, they, let's say they cut him. Yeah. Whoever gets Tyreek Hill is automatically respected that much yeah, more. But dude, I mean, look at his numbers. You're essentially telling me you're trading peaking Antonio Brown because if you go back and look at their first few seasons, their numbers are damn near identical. And Antonio Brown might ha- might not have a lesser. He might have a lesser quarterback because Big Ben might not be as good as what Patty is. There's no question. I'm just saying, like, yeah. I mean, Big Ben was great in those early years of Antonio Brown. Yeah, he was but, good. But yeah. now we might have an even better duo. We're really going to risk getting rid of that for, you know, I, I get it. He's an elite. Ramsey is an elite guy, probably the best at his position. But Tyreek has the potential to be the best receiver in this league. Right. And I'm not going to get rid of that with Patty. That's not going to happen. No, and we, we talked about this. I, I You know, if I chose between Chris Jones and Tyreek Hill, I would right. probably stuck with Chris Jones just because of the desperation. And for, I was on the other side of that. For defense, um, yeah. as time has gone on, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to lean more towards the Tyreek side. And it is it is crazy to say that because, like I said, I think this offense would still finish in the top two or three without yeah. him. And I get that. I get that perspective. But, but it's that much more. Him. But it's that much more with him. Right. That's I, what's scary. And, and, and I think that's where people are coming from. Not, not that, that yeah. Tyreek's. I don't think it's a that, stupid way to look no, at it. No, it's right. just that people are seeing like, okay, we're great without Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. We're, we're like, we, we will be unstoppable. Exactly, we essentially don't need him. Mm-hmm. And if we can trade Tyreek to make our defense that much better, mm-hmm. and you, you have a better defense and you have a, a, a still a great offense, yeah. I think that's where a lot of people are coming from. To where is Tyreek Hill really that valuable to this team? To where we can we can't trade him to like uh, to like. 
I say we just take a poll with all the we just contact all the uh, the uh, the defense coordinators for every team along <laughs> around the league and see what they have to say about Tyreek Hill. I guarantee you. I'll, I'll say like this. I'll say up. like this. You okay. guys, you guys know I've been knocking on the door. The Chiefs obviously have to answer at, at cornerback, and they mm-hmm. have to get better at that because they have they, they have a significant need there. Mm-hmm. But I will go as far as to say is this. I think that the Chiefs would create a bigger hole let, letting Tyreek go and trading for a corner yes. than keeping Tyreek Hill and having the cornerback situation. Reason being, whether this defense gets better or not, this defense is never going to be the reason why the Chiefs win the majority of their games. Right. So you got to give Patrick Mahomes as much as you possibly can to let him work with. I mean, yes, if Demarcus Robinson was the number one wide receiver on this offense, this offense is still elite. Mm-hmm. But why would you make it tougher on Patrick Mahomes is the question. Right. Why would you take away weapons from him to make it more difficult for him to yeah. be that and great? Dude, just make it, it as easy as possible. I mean, why do you think the Broncos right. stockpiled pa- Peyton Manning? Why do you think the Colts stockpiled pa- or Peyton Manning? Why do you think the uh, Patriots went out and got not only Randy Moss but Antonio Brown? You don't think Tom Brady could still lead the offense? Right. Of course he could. It just makes it easier when well, you have elite talent. And, yeah, go ahead. I mean, go ahead. No, I, I I get where you, I, I get where I, like I'm not denying the fact that Tyreek Hill's value is super important to this mm-hmm. team. I'm just saying, like people are looking at this this way. Like if I can make my defense that much better by trading Tyreek, mm-hmm. why wouldn't I? You know what I mean? Like my my offense is still great. It, it I mean I guess I'm gonna take a hit by by letting Tyreek Hill go, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you you're not changing much of your offense. They're still proven. To score over thirty points, yeah, yeah. So they still can do it, and, and I mean, we've seen Patrick Mahomes not even struggle, like really, like yes, first quarter he struggled, kind of get acclimated to the defense and all that, but after that, they they click. I'm just saying, like we we see it every year. Certain players, once you get enough film on them, you can you can learn how to contain them. McCall Har- McCall Hardman and and Demarcus Robinson, give them you know we have, there's already a few games on tape already on them. I believe in a lot of smart defensive coordinators out there that can possibly learn how to contain him. But once Tyreek Hill's back and they're finally learning to able just to contain those two guys before Tyreek Hill's back, Tyreek Hill's going to come back and crash that party for everybody. He goes, Oh, look, we, well, we looked, we, we know we can, we figured out we can contain, you know, the rookie. Uh, we can, we contain the guy that, uh, uh, Demarcus Robinson. We've learned how to contain these two guys, but then Tyreek Hill comes back. Then that, blows your whole load. Like you, there's nothing. I mean, now you got to prepare for him. It's, 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 it's the ultimate overload for defenses to deal with. And that's what I would rather want because we've seen and our defense hasn't looked that bad so far. I mean, no, we haven't played the best quarterbacks on our schedule yet, but our secondary hasn't looked that bad because of the safety play and the experience we have in that back there communicating. And that's been the difference because we didn't have that at all last year. I think that's played a big part. We got to work on the running defense, obviously, honestly more than we do on the secondary. So if our secondary can hold up and we can get a Pat P or, or a Ramsey, Still, and not have to move Tyreek because Tyreek's not going anywhere. We can can have this discussion all we want, but Tyreek's not going anywhere. And and furthermore, with the whole like Tyreek for cornerback, one part of it, I'm not even entertaining that thought unless it's Jalen Ramsey that would be in the train discussion. I wouldn't trade Tyreek Hill for Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson's almost 30 years old, and Tyreek Hill just turned 25. So, first of all, that doesn't make sense. Second of all, on the other side of it, what team is trading for a wide receiver and giving up an all pro corner? Yeah. Like just looking at it from that side, like the, the position value is different. Like Tyreek Hill obviously plays a significant value in this offense, but would he play is saying the same amount of significance if he was on every offense? No, because not every offense is as good as the chiefs are. So when it comes to Jalen Ramsey, his individual value actually is higher than Tyreek Hills. If that makes sense. He, from just from a position standpoint, 
So the, the, unless the Jaguars are just completely ignorant, they're not going to take anything like a Tyreek for Jalen Ramsey swap because it doesn't make he wouldn't make Tyreek Ty Hill wouldn't make as much impact with Nick Foles mm-hmm. as he would with Ty, with Patrick Mahomes. So it wouldn't make sense for the Jaguars to make that trade because every team's built differently. If that makes sense. That's why that trade would never happen for those two reasons. Subjective, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the Jaguars came out with their initial demands of two first round picks. Tyreek Hill right now is not more is not more valuable than two first round picks to all 32 teams. Yeah. He might be more valuable than that to the Chiefs, but he's not more valuable than two first round picks for every team because every team is in a different situation. Like the Raiders wouldn't give up two first round well, maybe the Raiders, but that's because they're idiots. But most <laughs> like no, plenty of them. Teams that are like on the up that are trying to get better would not give up two first round picks for Tyreek Hill because it doesn't make sense for them. But a contender, like fuck, man, we can get Jalen Ramsey and or like or Tyree Kill. Maybe we are desperate enough for a couple first round picks to give up for those guys because they immediately make us better. So, in a, in a nutshell, all I get I get the questions. Like I said, Trevor saw him. I got tagged in a couple in the group. You know, they, people were asking, you know, would you make that trade because Jalen Ramsey's been a hot topic in Kansas City for a couple weeks now. I get the question. I'm just letting you know it's not that would that trade would never happen for a multitude of reasons. And and I I wouldn't personally make that trade because I think I think as it stands right now Tyree Kill is a more valuable commodity for this offense and for this team their team success in my opinion because I think that the Chiefs could win a Super Bowl with their current cornerback cornerback situation so unless Jalen Ramsey was to fix that let's say like we weren't good enough at the cornerback position to win a Super Bowl but getting Jalen Ramsey would make us a Super Bowl favorite then we can have another discussion. The Chiefs are still the Chiefs as currently constructed with Tyreek Hill on the roster is good enough to win the Super Bowl. Absolutely. So I, mean, I, I agree hundred percent. I'm not I'm not denying yeah. the fact. I'm just asking the question as to like the value. Sure. You know what I mean? The, yep. But so yeah, that's that's where we'll leave that, guys. I think that uh I think we made our point, you know, about Tyreek. And, and once you I'm see staying. him, I'm, I'm team Tyreek, dude, all the way through. Yeah, this dates back to when he, he was going through all that stuff when we had the Chris Jones debate too. I, I was always team Tyreek. I think we're I think we're a victim of of, of the moment. Because the offenses look so great, but make make no mistake yeah. about it. If Patrick Mahomes had his way, he would have Tyree Kill on every single one of these Tyree games. Tyree Kill is the ultimate weapon offensively in this entire and, league. And imagine, yeah, and, yes. ima- and imagine and imagine how much greater Patty's numbers would look right now if Tyree Kill was playing. That's, that should scare the shit out of people. Yeah, right you know now. these little like slump and some like these bad drives that we've seen here and there. Dude, those are going to be a rare because it, it's not even just not even just about his home back. run. It's not even just about his home run hitting. He's incredible in the jet they, sweeps they and out move, of the backfield. They move him everywhere. Right. Yeah, yeah he's the he's the Tyra Matthew of this offense. He's, he's a nightmare matchup. He's he's a matchup nightmare, straight yeah. up. So yeah, we're talking about Tyreek. Quick question: Do you think he's back by the Colts? I I he think I think he'll be back for the Colts. I, yeah. I will be su- I'll be surprised. I think he starts if, practicing after this week. I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe he won't make. Maybe he won't play the Colts game. He might play in the Texans game. But I said originally, I think it's going to be the Colts game. He's already out of the sling. He's you know, he's active. Uh, the, the the coaching staff has actually had to told him to calm down because yeah, he's been training so hard. I think uh, I read somewhere that he was actually playing basketball. Yes, yes, he so, has been. So he's obviously ready to. He's go. Afraid, he feels man. like he's ready to go. Yeah. I think the team's going to give him another week and then reassess him. But from everything I've heard, I, I think the Colts games are very realistic shot. I, for I, him. I think I'm with Trevor. I think next week he starts. He, he starts. Well, they're already like reporting like, oh, Tyreek's not practicing this week. Like they're getting ready for him to like right, practice. Right, you know. Right. So, so I, I think he's he's practicing next week. All right, so when we get back, we're actually going to talk about a guy we just mentioned a couple times, Jalen Ramsey. Is he actually going to end up in Kansas City? I'll tell you why I think he still does get and end up as a chief. We'll get back to that after this. Visit Local Foundry in downtown Lee Summit, Eastern Jackson County's biggest selection of local-made and inspired goods. They carry apparel, jewelry, prints, decor, and more. The store is also filled with various vintage finds. 
Come and see us on Market Street. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guys, Eddie Ortiz and Trevor Twidwell. Hey there. (laughs) All right, so... Jesus, I'm, I'm, we've missed this the last couple of weeks, haven't we, guys? It's good to be back with the whole crew. It's the right. it's the kombucha, man. I'm sorry. It's- so we just got on talking about Tyreek Hill and how valuable he is. That doesn't take away from the fact that the Chiefs still have a very glaring uh, issue at, at the cornerback position. I think we all know that. Although they played well against the Ravens last week, they are going to start getting tested as the season progresses. We're going to start seeing better quarterbacks. And I think that it's going to show just how how much they need to answer that and answer it quickly. Yeah. The biggest speculation over the last couple of weeks have been Jalen Ramsey's availability from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Patrick Peterson's big, been a big name in Kansas City for more than a year now, um, which is understandably so. And we've been seeing his praises as well. But once Jalen Ramsey became a, a rumored availability, uh, no offense to Patrick Peterson or any other good cornerback out there, whether it's Darius Slay or Xavier Rhodes, whoever it is, when it comes to Jalen Ramsey, he's in a league of his own. And, and it, Stephen Gilmore might be the only guy that you can really even put in his bracket. Um, but as far as availability, yes, Jalen Ramsey is is the only one at this point that my eyes are set upon. Yes, Patrick Peterson would be very nice to have. But now that you look at it, you almost like it's almost like spoiled milk because of the fact that he's five years older than Jalen Ramsey. And you're still going to have to trade away valuable a, a, a valuable amount of assets to the Cardinals. So you might as well go after full-fledged J- Jacksonville Jaguars' man, Jalen Ramsey. As far as where we're at right now, it's been dead. Let me just put it like that. It's been, I mean, it's been the the, the source information, anything that I have been told before, it's been all standstill. And the reason why that is, is not because the Chiefs decided that they were no longer interested or they didn't feel like they had a real realistic shot of getting Jalen Ramsey. It is all 100% on the Jacksonville Jaguars side. Reason being, one, you don't just trade an, an elite all-pro cornerback at 24 years old just because he said so. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen, and you don't do that. And I respect the Jacksonville Jaguars for not just openly just, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll just, yeah, go. Yeah, yeah good thing Have Gruden's it. not running the show over there. Oh, it would have been over. But my point is this, is that, that the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing the right thing for themselves in that regard. Yeah. Second of all, the Jacksonville Jaguars really do believe in Gardner Minshew, or the Minshew, as we like to call it. For good reason. And, and, and rightfully so. The guy played very well against the Titans in his first primetime game. You know, he, he balled out. Didn't play so well against the Texans. Almost won the game, but he didn't play very well. Played very well against the Chiefs in week one when he came in and stepped in for Nick Foles. But we don't really know what he is yet. And I don't want to sing his praises too hard heavily. Yeah, we see this happen a lot. It's It's happens, yeah. There's not no a lot film. of film, yeah. yeah. And he was a good college quarterback. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was a damn He's good very quarterback. Very productive, absolutely. But I do, I, I do think that the Jaguars are holding down the fort with Jalen Ramsey because they think they think we can get into this playoff hunt. We can make a wild oh, card. A we season. can win this. This division is the worst in the AFC. Maybe the AFC East, you know, because it's so top heavy. But well, yeah, especially against that the Titans win. It's huge. very winnable. The Jaguars could, if, if Minshew plays good, they can get to nine wins. So that's why they're like, why would we trade our best player when we think we're good enough to make the playoffs? So I get. Both of those. Here's the problem. The Jacksonville Jaguars are not a playoff team. Mm. And, I, and I know that might, that might, I know they would disagree with that, but here's the problem. The Jacksonville Jaguars have not played that good of football for being real here. The Tennessee Titans lost that game more than the Jags won the game. Marcus Mariota had one of the worst games I've seen a quarterback have that didn't have five interceptions. He's not good. 
He looks awful. And I was one of the guys, you guys remember, I said, I thought Marcus Mariota was going to come into the season. Yeah, you were like, motivated. fucking amazing. Yeah, I thought, he, well, because he, he gave me the reason to believe that he would do that. Because the last three years, I think they've been nine and seven. And it's a, it's basically a, a make or break year for Marcus Mariota. Mm. And he's playing like complete shit. So no offense to what the Jaguars did. They scored 20 points, which, which is enough. And they held the Titans to seven. But there were so many opportunities for the Titans to get into that game, and Mariota was just missing open wide receivers. So you really can't crown the Jags yet. Plus, they're one and two. Yeah, They put themselves in a hole. You're going to have to go on a winning streak to get yourself back into this. The AFC won't be great this year, but I do think that nine wins is the minimum. Do we, do we believe that the Jags are going to get eight more wins in this season? Personally, I don't believe that. I don't think they have the talent to do it on the offensive side with a backup quarterback. And again, we don't know what he's going to be. I think they got enough offensive talent in the running and passing game. They got a lot of talent in the passing game, and they got one of the uh, an absolute stud in his running back position. But Who, who's been struggling? He's only averaging. You know, I, I question the coaching and the play calling of, of the team more than I do the actual skill players. I really do. That plays I, into it. And I believe in rallying around a guy. I believe in rallying around a guy. Like, I think it's contagious when, like, a Gardner Minshew, like, a, the defense and the offense can rally. We've seen it before where teams, you know, have a good run. And once they get, if they do make the playoffs, I don't believe in them to make any noise in the playoffs, but I do think they could still definitely make the playoffs, especially in that division. But, uh, I mean, yeah, DJ Chark, a lot of, they have a lot of talent on that offense. I just don't know if the coaching is good enough to get them over the hump. Um, but I don't, there's definitely a possibility Jalen doesn't go anywhere, but. We know how stubborn Jalen is. We know he's talked about how he, he don't know if he can. The, the trust is broken between him and the, and the organization. That's the biggest thing right now. Absolutely. It's not really about them wanting to keep him. If he's not going to play, he's gonna, he, he could just not play. And he just said on his podcast, his uninterrupted podcast, about how he uh, once once there's a disrespect on both sides, you know, it's best just to go your separate ways. Yeah. And there was obviously some some strife between him and Tom Coughlin, who runs the team. Right, who could be a stubborn old I, man. Yeah, I think, I think once those things start to happen and it's no longer like a field problem, I think that's when things have to start to change. I will give you that I think that Jacksonville has the opportunity. I'm saying from my perspective, from what I've seen, I've watched them now two times this season out of three games. Yeah. And the other game that I missed, they didn't play well either. They play a different team pretty much bi-weekly. Yeah. Like, I don't trust teams like that that are so up and down as far as what they are. Like, what is the Jaguars' identity right now? We don't really know what their identity think, is. I don't think they even have one. That's the problem. Honest. Defense first, for sure. I mean, they're still – they look great defensively against – I mean, obviously, I know it was Mariota, but they were getting pressure left and right. And that's a good O-line. That's a good, you know, team overall. But Mariota is just bad. Well, and then they have they, they go to the to the Denver Broncos this week. Now, obviously, the Broncos are not a good team. They should win that game, though. So the Jags should win the game. Having said that, the, the Broncos are a desperate team, so I wouldn't and overlook it's, and they're home. And yeah. they're, they got a lot of pride. Right. Then they go to the Panthers, who, surprisingly enough, looked really damn good this last week. Now, that can be another situation Kyle like Minshew. Yeah. Yeah, where they can have their young, motivated quarterback that, you know, is this team's rallying around. Maybe you right. get them on a hot There's streak. three of those right down the league. That and could then, be a loss in North Carolina. Yeah, but you don't you don't even know if Cam Newton's even going to play. No, it's going to be Kyle Allen. Cam Newton's probably yeah, that's what I'm saying. Kyle Allen, he's, yeah, he's playing good football right now. I, yeah. I don't know if you guys seen, but uh, was it Michael Vick on our show? He uh, he picked that uh, Cam Newton was not going to be with the Panthers organization next season. Yeah, I think he's going to retire. I, I do. He I think he, looks, his shoulder shot. He looks really bad. bad. That's what I was saying when I was watching him the first two bad. weeks. I'm like, he looks like he's trying to throw a tomahawk out there and have a football. Yeah, he's like chucking it like hand over fist. Weirdly, it's just, well, it doesn't look like him anymore. We, man. we know the about spirals the, not tight. It's we like do you know about the shoulder injury that yeah. he's been dealing with? That they said, oh, it's no big deal. And they're not using his mobility I anymore. Did. This season so far, with the games that he played, yeah, 
it's telling you a different story. Kyle Allen looked good. So I, yeah, and so they have that. They, they go to Carolina to face them with the Kyle Allen, like I said, a, a motivated young quarterback who they don't have a lot of film on, so that could be trouble. Yeah. Then they host the Saints, who have been surprisingly really good without Drew Brees. Still um, good defense, man. Yeah, they have an identity. The Saints have an identity. They're they're a championship contender. Um, and then they play the Bengals in New Cincinnati. I don't know what the hell the Bengals are from a week to week basis. <laughs> like them and the Jaguars are both mysteries. We don't know what you're going to get. They're an experiment. The Lions. Right now. They're a fun offense right. to watch because they they throw the ball deep now. Yeah, but yeah, they're they're not good. So and then they then they host the Jets and then they face the tight or the Texans. Mm. And the Texans game was rough. It's going to be in Jacksonville this time. Mm. So like I said, it's a toss up of what does, what's going to happen. For the Jags, my point is, and the reason I keep talking about the Jags side of this is because it's going to come down to them. The Chiefs have made three different offers. I can confirm this. The Chiefs have made three different offers to the Jaguars for Jalen Ramsey, and the Jags liked all three offers. It's not about what the Chiefs can or can't do in this situation. Mm. It's what the Jags are going to do with the offers. We've seen organizations get cold feet before, too, especially with a high-profile player like that. So, so. so if you're a Chiefs fan and you're out there and you want Jalen Ramsey – you better be rooting that the Jags start start losing games and losing them quickly. Because if they go down a, a three a three game losing streak or a four game losing streak, that's when the chances of Jalen Ramsey becoming a Chief becomes realistic. And that's why I'm of the belief that that's still going to happen. I don't believe I, I at this current time I I'm not a believer in the Jacksonville Jaguars. I wasn't at the beginning of the season with Nick Foles, who let's be real is the better quarterback between him and Gardner Minshew at this time. Why would I all of a sudden? set my sails with, with the Jags flag if I don't believe in them when they were at a better position. So that's where I'm going to stand. I think that the Chiefs are going to have a very good opportunity before the trade deadline, which is in week eight. I think that they're going to get a very good opportunity. They're gonna, they may even sweeten the pot to make sure that they can get the Jags' attention because I know the Eagles have also knocked on the door with a couple offers. The Seattle Seahawks knocked on a couple of offers. The Raiders were inquisitive. The Cardinals were inquisitive. So there's going to be plenty of teams that are going to still be there waiting for the services of a Jalen Ramsey it's just going to come down to who's more aggressive and if the Jaguars are finally going to relinquish yeah. their power they have over them. I don't think it just comes down to them whether they're winning or not. I think it, Honestly, I think it more comes down to the pride of Jalen Ramsey. I think his pride was hurt. I think he, he obviously has made it very clear that the trust was broken between him and the organization and the coaching staff. Um, and a guy like him that knows he's more than likely the best in the game at what he does – is not just going to bow down and come back with his tail between his legs and come play for a team that he feels doesn't, you know, value him as much as he thinks he should be valued. So I think that plays more into a factor whether he wants to come play or not because I can see him just sitting his ass down at home and I not mean, playing. Is he playing this weekend? I don't think he's no. going to. He's supposed to have a child. I'm not supposedly. So, I'm like, well, he is having a child. Having a fake baby. Right <laughs> but just, but just <laughs> like he got <laughs> sick and then well, he got well, an injury. I, got, uh, I, I text. Uh, I text Lance. When the when the news broke, saying that uh, he was taking time off because uh, his uh, child's uh, well, first it was the flu, yeah, but now he's having a child, as if well, he can but, have uh, the but, flu but, and be around anymore. Lance, baby. I was like, isn't there players that play like right after the, yeah. the birth, like the day after? He the doesn't same want to be day? there. He doesn't yes. want to be there. He's made it very clear. Pretty, that's pretty the, that's what I'm saying. And like, I don't Jaguar think it's just to to I guess to make their fans feel good with the and statement exactly, that came, they came yeah. out with that statement saying, yeah, we gave him some time. He alerted us beforehand. And he let us know. Knowing that, I think because they're getting so much attention, like right. so many trade deals, I don't think they want to uh, risk uh, Jalen Ramsey getting in, like get injured during the game. So I think it, it's kind of it's kind of like the judge's like, hey, you can take this time off. I know mm. your your wife's due. 
you know, you, you take that time off. Yeah. But I think at the same time as the Jaguars kind of protecting that asset, making sure it doesn't get hurt. Then again, I mean, they did play him Thursday night when he was already demanding trade. So it's going to come down, like I said, I, in my opinion, I get what you're saying, guys, like about, you know, Jalen Ramsey's side of this. But Jalen Ramsey doesn't really have a say on whether he's going to get traded or not. He doesn't have a trade, no trade clause. Yeah. And I think personally, he would be more excited about being traded anywhere than staying in Jacksonville at this point. He's made it pretty clear. I think, honestly, if he gets traded to the Bengals right now, I think he'd be a little bit more happier than he is right now with the Jacksonville Jaguars just because I think he wants out of this situation. He said he wants to win, and I believe him. I do believe that, too. He even said that in his, like I said, the podcast. He goes, at the end of the day, yeah, money's great, and I want money. He made that obvious. He goes, but what what, what matters to me more is peace and happiness. Yeah, I believe him. I do believe him because he could say, hey, Jags, I'll take that seventy million dollar guaranteed right now. I'll just stay here, right? And maybe we'll win. Maybe we won't. Who wants to stay in Jacksonville, though? That's what I'm saying. So the, I think he has an opportunity. Not even a here. team thing. It's just like location. Like, you, you look at the Eagles and Chiefs, and those are probably the two most likely destinations for him in the trade in, the tr- in trade value. I think that yeah, you look at those two teams, you clearly have a better shot of winning than where he's at currently right now. That's just that's just the facts of the situation. So we'll, we'll, we'll stay where it's at. You know, we'll, we'll stay there. And, and if any more information comes about in this next week or so, I'll make sure and post it to the group, but please do. It's been very cold. It's been very dry right now. As far as, you know, any more news, the chiefs have their offer still available. They still very much want him. It's just going to come down to in my opinion, what the Jaguars are willing to work with. And if they still want to hold down and see if they can make the playoffs this year. And I get it. If they do, if they want to take the run, but just, I don't think it's realistic at this point. I don't think they're good enough. So, um, we're going to actually take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk to you guys about something. It's pretty obvious, um, but it's not as obvious as I think it, it should be. Is Patrick Mahomes going to be an all-time great, and is he already? We'll get back to that after this. Casey Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hemp Co. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number four. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guys, Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. Trevor Twidwell. Hello. And no guest. Aww. Unfortunately. <laughs> we'll survive. Wish we had that, like that button. This is like, oh. It's just <laughs> us tonight. It's so the, just us. So the, the talking point, surprisingly, because the, the Chiefs aren't usually at the top of the debate when it comes to sports talk on the weekly shows, whether it's in the morning with – Undisputed, or first things first, or Good Morning Football. You usually don't see the 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 topics being a Chiefs player, especially on multiple segments. But everything has changed in Kansas City since one Patrick Mahomes took over. I'll go further and say that it's all changed since he's been drafted, let alone became the starting quarterback for the Chiefs. But the talk now, because of the fact that Patrick Mahomes is on a trajectory unlike anything we've ever seen in NFL history playing football unlike anything we've ever seen in NFL history, making it look easier than anything we've ever seen in NFL history. The talking point has to be, and we can't help but talk about it, just how great is he going to be and how great is he already? We've heard a variance of opinions, and most of them have been complete shit. Mm, yeah. Um, I don't I mean, I don't I don't even like talking about this guy by name, but you know, we have Eric Mangini and Skip Bayless that have both just yeah. ma- made a, a a living off being a, a tyrannical on, moron Skip. to get reactions to the people like us who try to take this stuff seriously. Right. I know scale. Um, you know, we we got we got you know people like that that are just that, that are clearly doing this on purpose, but the point remains. 
what we are seeing is truly transcendent football. And whether you want to call him an all-time great yet is fine with me. I don't, if you don't think he's one of the all-time greats right now, that's okay because he's only played 20 games, and 20 games isn't a lot. But what he has done in those 20 games cannot be ignored or overlooked or, or downplayed. And I'm going to break some of this stuff down that maybe you haven't even heard yet because it's some of the stuff that I've just tried to really dig deep to find just to show how great it's been. And I'm going to start with his road games in his career. He's played in 11 road games, Patrick Mahomes. He averages 67 completion percentage. He has 3,764 yards. That's 342 yards a game. 38 touchdowns, 7 interceptions with a 118 rating. That's on the road. On the road. That's good. That's pretty good. The Chiefs are 8-3 and three in those games. I would love for somebody to show me a guy that did that in his first 20 games, let alone in his career. It ain't stretch. Since, the, since his first start in Week 17 of the 2017 season, the Chiefs are 9-5 and five when their opponent wins the time of possession battle with Patrick Mahomes as a starting quarterback for the Chiefs. That includes the playoffs. Patrick Mahomes has more than six times the amount of games in his career with 300-plus plus yards, which is 13 games, and games with three-plus touchdowns, which is also 13 games, the games with less than 250 yards, and games with one touchdown or fewer. Six times the amount. He's the only the only quarterbacks to ever start a season with three games of three-plus touchdowns and zero interceptions. Mm. 2010 Peyton Manning, 2018 Patrick Mahomes, 2019 Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes' last 10 games, including the playoffs, 72% completion percentage, 2,987 yards, 26 touchdowns, two interceptions with a 136 rating. He is the best football player in the world, and it's not close. It's not. Every year, Andy Reid creates something we've never seen before, and by week five, the rest of the league is copying it. But the one thing that none of them can ever copy that he has created is Patrick Mahomes. And that's what he is doing to separate Andy from the pack for years to come. Trey Aikman came out. and Of the closet. Out of, <laughs> Trey Aikman came out, and, and there was a – I think it was actually one of our local radio hosts, Josh Briscoe, on his podcast that talked about how Patrick Mahomes already has 30-some percent, 33% of his of Trey Aikman's yeah. touchdown totals in 16% of the games or whatever it was. And Trey Aikman quote tweeted it, and it became a viral tweet. He said, come talk to me when he has 33% of my rings, we'll which do. is which is cute. We'll do. It's cute. Um, but what I decided to do is take it upon myself and tweet Trey Aikman a little reminder that in his first 20 games of his career, Trey Aikman, that is, he averaged 52% completion percentage. He had 3,366 yards, had 14 touchdowns, 31 interceptions with a 56 rating. Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes in his first 20 games, 67 completion percentage, 6,576 yards, 60 touchdowns, 13 interceptions with a 115 rating. Yeah, uh, Trey Aikman, hold the dick because that ain't. I'm telling you right now, bro. You don't want to. It, it, it's it, heavy. It's it's heavy. It's like it's like a horse out here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's it's like sea biscuit. Jesus. But keep talking. Keep talking. Team achievements, Troy. It's really cute, man. Like I said, because it's all you really got at this point. Yeah, his butt was hurting. It, it was so unwarranted. No one tagged him in it. Yeah. No one asked, hey, Troy, what's your thoughts? It was more just <laughs> Troy Aikman decided. You to defend yourself, Troy? This, this, is where, this is where it's at, though, guys, and I want to get your thoughts on this. It's, it's, it's causing such insecurity with guys that have been deemed great for so many years because he's shattering, literally shattering, shattering records. He got to 60 touchdowns faster, five games faster than Dan Marino, who previously owned the record for fastest to 60 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That's how much he's doing right now. 
So although some people don't want to say he's an all-time great right now, I actually think he is because of the fact that he's doing things no one's ever done. And when you can do that at an all-time clip, at an all-time rate, at an all-time trajectory, you are all-time. So, Trevor, I'm going to get your thoughts on this. Do you think he's already at that level? Do you think that there's even there's even a discussion or debate that we should even be having about Patrick Mahomes at this point? Because we, we all gloss poetic about him because of the fact he's our guy yeah. and we've been living and waiting our whole lives for this opportunity. So it's 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 obvious for us to talk about it. But at a national scale, do you think it do you believe that he should be accepted widely as an all-time great in 20 games? Yeah, I think he his trajectory is obviously the all-time great trajectory and start to anybody's career ever in the game. Uh, it's unprecedented what he's doing, and not just the box score. It's it's the way he's doing it. It's the way he's reimagining the game. The way he's doing things that never have never been done before. The no look passes and, and and his ability to to create plays and and throw on the run, you know, and off different platforms and left handed and it, it's just it's not he's not just doing it just out there, you know, as just a pocket passer uh, or you know just your traditional quarterback out there just raking up the stats he's not just raking up the stats it's the way he's raking up the stats in an, in an unprecedented way just like i know i go back to the stephen curry thing but it's the way stephen curry came in and freaked everyone out everyone was like this dude is pulling up from half court comfortably you know so mahomes is throwing off his back shoulder 50 60 yards the opposite way to the field at the back end of the end zone on the opposite side of the field on a, on a dime turning and falling away as he's as if he's doing like a fadeaway jumper it's Unreal. It's it's nothing we've ever seen before. He's a cross between Brett Favre and you know Aaron Rodgers and and, and almost the mind of Manning because his pre-snap reads are incredible already. It's something we've never seen. He's, we've never seen a guy this prepped and ready coming into a career ever. And not only is he prepped and ready up mentally upstairs, he's doing things that have never been done before physically. So it's not just the physical and the and the mental intangibles that he has. So yes, he's always obviously he could retire right now and still be looked at as one of the greatest things we've ever seen in this game. Um, and it, it, and he's only getting better. That's the scariest part about this whole thing. And us as Chiefs fans, we always are ready for the other shoe to drop, right? So we always are ready for failure. We're ready for him to like to have some catastrophic injury or something to just to happen because we're ready to you know for the breakup, right? So it's just it's something we're still and, and not just us as fans of as the Chiefs, as Chiefs fans here, but like me and you were talking about this earlier, Lance at the house when we were watching you know uh, first things first with Mangini on there. It, it's it reminds me so much like we talked about it reminds us so much of Le- lebron coming into the league and taking the league by storm and all the mj and the old heads just refused to admit that somebody could possibly be better be better or have a better trajectory and 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 putting up better stats in a way faster and more efficient rate than mj ever thought about doing right regardless of the of the accomplishments and that's what everyone that's why I, I, last week i talked about the casual fans most casual fans We'll look at the accolades of Tom Brady's and the and the Peyton Manning's and all the MVPs and all the trophies and so on and so on. I, I understand he's not there yet because he hasn't played enough to get the accolades, but those are going to come. But just the eye test of anyone just do, as a football fan watching this kid play football, it literally it, it's something special, man. It's something we've never seen before, and it's it's like I said, it's it, the trajectory is the, the the most important thing here because it's it's what he's setting himself up for. You know, it's him setting. This is he's setting his floor right now. Yeah. We don't know his ceiling yet. That's that's why I. That's said, the scariest thing about him. Man. That's why I said last week when we had you know Gad on the show was, 
I'm not afraid to say it. I think Patrick Mahomes at this point of his it, right now is better than Tom Brady's ever been in his career right. as an individual. Yeah, because look, think about it this way, man. Like, what is a bad game for Mahomes? Two fifty and two in a pick. That's like a mediocre game for Mahomes. Yeah. Give two hundred fifty passing yards and, a, and two touchdowns and a pick to Tom Brady. A solid game. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like that's, that was, a, that's a mediocre game for Mahomes. If we got two fifty and two touchdowns out of Alex Smith, we're talking about it all week, right? That's <laughs> what I'm like, saying. Hey, oh, he's, on, he's on trajectory for twenty five yeah. touchdowns, guys. Alex, like, Alex is on something, guys. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we might we, we might be getting the best version that, of Alex dude, Smith. Man, that speaks volumes, if, right? If there. Patrick Mahomes next week has two hundred fifty yards, two touchdowns, and an interception, like was he feeling okay? Yeah, did, is he ill? Did did, did break, break up with him? Oh like what God. happened? Like you know, like we'd be like sitting here theorizing why he had such a terrible game. Yep. That's what that's what makes him so great. And again. All the numbers I'm showing you, it's coming close to half of those games are without his number one target. Mm-hmm. Like, as time is going on without Tyreek Hill, him still, still putting – he's averaging 398 passing yards a game mm-hmm. without Tyreek Hill. You know, an interesting stat. I know this is off topic a little bit, but involving Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, I think, is fifth or sixth uh, in, in, yeah, in yards. Yeah, Swanson, I think, tweeted that out Yeah, today. Yeah, he's, I think he's fifth or sixth all in, in the league right now in, in, in receiving yards, and not once in a single game has he led the uh, uh, receiving core in receiving yards in the game. Yet. That's how great this offense is. Shout out to Ken Swanson <laughs> for ins- tweeting that that's out. Ins- that's like a brain twist like yeah. that just messes with like he hasn't led in receiving in a single game for us yet yeah travis kelsey in the league in receiving yards. he's on pace to have over 15 that almost doesn't make sense travis kelsey is on pace to have over 1500 receiving yards this year that's because he has not led the, up games from other players and has it's not amazing. led the team in receiving it's crazy that's dude. that's nuts yeah so I remember last year lance when i was like he's a tight yeah, end oh you were you're, you're letting yourself <laughs> hang out okay go, no no keep cooking go ahead tell, tell the people what you said <laughs> daddy go ahead i got the text though <laughs> that uh travis kelsey was not gonna have uh Anywhere near 700 yards. Oh boy, season. he's averaging like 85 yards a game right now. So, because <laughs> I guess trust me, I've been hold, I've been waiting uh, to hold that L, for, hold, give you that L for a while. Yeah, because we we haven't. I mean, we hadn't seen what Patrick Mahomes could could bring to the table. We didn't know. We didn't know anything. Like right. all we had was going off of his college college days. And I mean, he played for Texas Tech. It was they're a good school program, but they're not the best. So no. coming into the league from Texas Tech, I mean. You have standards, but you, your standards are not as high as other quarterbacks coming in, like Kyler Murray coming in number one and stuff like that. So, so the eyesight's not on you as much. So when mm-hmm. people, so me when I was like, you know, talking Patrick Mahomes, I was like, you know, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah. So now that he's doing unprecedented things, I think it, it's freaking people out that he's racing the the bar so high. For, for quarterbacks coming into the league in future years, yeah, that he's going to make himself look bad when he throws for three hundred yards. Well, and it's like I said, like just like the, the Jordan and LeBron argument that will never, probably, ever end. But it's always it, the same thing that happened with LeBron. It's what obstacle, what obstacle can he come over? Can he overcome next? You can, you got to keep holding him back. You yeah. got to keep restraining his greatness because he's, his pace is too much. He's overcoming everything too quick. You know, that's, he, that's he's. What I'm saying. I, I think. He, He's he's great at it, mm-hmm. but but I think in, in the long run it might hurt him a little bit because he's 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 breaking everything so quick. I don't think it. I think he like, like, he's, he's deaf so, to all that no, stuff. But I'm man. saying he's being so unprecedented, like in his first 20 games. Yeah, uh, you look at his 100 games. Maybe he might decline to start declining a little bit. He might throw for 300 yards down yeah, right. in a game. You know what I'm? So he's gonna start making himself look bad because he raised the bar so high. 
that people are gonna are gonna hold him to those standards. Wait, so he yeah. wants a Super Bowl? No, but I'm saying people are gonna hold him to those standards to where like he's always up there, you know, yeah. always throwing for five thousand yards, fifty touchdowns. Yeah, but everybody expected so, that from Brady and, and Manning. They did it a year in year out. So I mean, but, but I'm, that, that's all I'm saying. He yeah, can become they, that next guy. Yeah, you know what I mean, he's setting the bar so high that a lot of people are gonna be digging on that because mm-hmm. the bar's so high. They're gonna be like, wow, he he only did it once. He yeah. can't do it again. I, I got I got no reason to believe that. It, I mean, is it crazy to think? Let, let's say Patty. Obviously, I mean, he's on pace to have well over five thousand yards. In fact, he's on pace to have six thousand. Yep. If, if Patty does it for another season, is it wrong for us to start assuming that that's just going to be the norm with him? And he sets the new bar as okay for the last ten to fifteen years. It's hey, get to four thousand yards and you're considered an elite quarterback every year. Mm-hmm. Now it's hey, get to five thousand yards. I, I mean, Patty could be he. The only thing getting the the big contract, the record setting contract might not be the only thing he resets he might also reset how to play the quarterback position that's what i'm saying yeah like uh he might hurt himself in the long run i don't think it's gonna be a hurt i think it's gonna be that he sets the standard high that's what i'm saying he doesn't he doesn't play that well yeah he said the bar so high to where even in a good game like, like let's say he throws 350 three touchdowns one interception a lot of people are gonna be like that's not Patrick Mahomes. That that's a bad game. Well, those games are going to come just because but, it's but life and reality. But that's what I'm saying, yeah. though. That's what I'm saying. Like he said, like in the first twenty games, he's saying the bar is so high that maybe in the long run, that's fine. A, lo- yeah. a lot of people are going to be like, you know, I'm willing to live with that game. if he's if right. he's playing like this right now because of the fact that it's something we've never seen before, and I'm okay with living in this time. Like, I mean, <laughs> I can't look at it in any way, shape, or form as a negative thing because of the fact that it well, just—it's not a negative thing. But, but I'm saying, yeah, I, keep that, raising the bar, buddy. Yeah. That's that's what a lot of fans are going to look at. Yeah, that's fine. Because, like I said, they're moving the goalposts on them already. I mean, we're exactly. we, we got shows like, like I said, uh, first things first. Nick's Nick's on there trying to defend the common sense yeah. of all of this, and the we got Eric Mangini going. Do you win a Super Bowl yet? No, no, nasally fuck. I mean, not, he didn't, it's it's like he doesn't <laughs> even. It's not even about like we're not talking about like whether he's had a better career than right. Tom Brady right now. Yeah. Of course he has. They're not hearing the questions. No right. one's like I don't understand why. Yeah, it's like hitting their ears wrong. We're asking the simple question. Is he better right now than anybody else? And has anybody else ever played this great this early? Right. And the answer for both of that is no. Yeah. I mean, yes, obviously, yes, yes for me, all time great. Yes, but yes, no for no. the last one, damn it. For the latter. For yeah. the latter, yes. No one's ever played this great. And that's the point, man. Like, why is that so hard for these old heads to be to, to acknowledge it? It's people, the, people don't the, like they don't the, like change, dude. The sad, the sad thing about Patrick Mahomes, and I'm gonna go ahead and say this, I, I, I think he's always gonna live in the shed of Tom Brady. Six mm-hmm. rings. Uh, like, unless Patrick Mahomes has more rings, I think he will always live under that shot. Kind of like LeBron, Michael Jordan. Right. Okay, but then why does but but, no, LeBron... Saying, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, but that's what I'm saying. He's always they're always gonna put him uh, like under that that shadow. It's like oh, but but Jordan went six and zero. Oh. I think a certain group of people will still do that. Yeah, because why doesn't why doesn't Jordan live under the shadow of a Bill Russell? But, you know what I mean. He has eleven but, rings, so it's like I get it, but, how far but down do we saying. go? You no, know, that's, standard that's changes saying. exactly. But that's what I'm saying though. Like I, I think. That's the sad part about it that all these uh, New England fans that are scattered. Oh yeah, you're not going to change the mind of the East Coast. What's funny though is that Ben, Bill Simmons, I keep saying Ben Simmons, but Bill Simmons, Bill Simmons, yep, the biggest Patriots fan you ever find, and he's also one of the most talented people in sports talk. Yeah, he just came out on his podcast a couple days ago and said that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback he's ever seen. Yeah, he goes obviously Tom Brady, in his opinion, not mine. I'm recording him. He said 
Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback as I far as success. With thinking that. Yeah, I think Tom Brady is the, obviously he's the most successful. We can't debate that. He's had the most right. success. Yeah. He's the most successful player in NFL history, not just yeah. quarterback. But ben, Bill Simmons was basically making the point that I've ne- you've never seen. No one's ever seen anything close to what Patty's doing. Mm-hmm. What he is, we've never. It's not I've even. It's not even debatable. That's, it's that's, not even debatable. That's, but that's where you have to start. That's the problem with like guys like Mangini. Like they don't want to start there. They, they they feel like he has to prove a Super Bowl first or or yes. or, or, or reach the accolades that Tom Brady had like that. Yeah, but then by that time, sense. by that time, you're too late to the party, right. dude. Then that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. people, uh, like to these people, like uh, Mangini or whatever, mm-hmm. he's always gonna live in that shadow. The, the goalposts will change. But, yeah. but does he have seven what rings? Obstacle because he, but does he have six rings, right? But but does he have more rings than Tom Brady? Well, if he, if he, gets, he, if he gets seven, if he gets seven rings, it's gonna be because he had better weapons than Brady ever had. Yes, that's gonna be the argument. It's, yeah. that's, there's always gonna be something because oh, he, he, you know, what did he do without Tyreek his whole career? What did he do without Travis Kelsey on elite tight end? You know, or the or the gimmicky plays? Yeah, to a lot of people, and and I'm gonna go. And say this to a lot of people, I think he will always live under the shadow of Tom Brady. On the same people that bring up the Tom Brady stuff in the, to the championship, so the same people that refuse to talk about Tom Brady's de- elite defenses that he's had his almost yes. his whole career. You know, they don't want to talk about that yes. either. So that's you know, we can go there but as well, or, or having Bill Belichick his entire right, career. Absolutely, I mean, that, that kind of helps, so, right? But um, yeah. we'll we'll leave it there. I, I mean, I would love to hear your guys' thoughts. Those that are listening, join our Facebook group at the Spoken on Facebook. Uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at the Spoken Pod. Definitely check us out on there, guys, and, and and join the debate. It's not really a debate. It's more of a just a discussion because, I mean, at this point, I don't really know how you can debate, you know, what 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 you know Patrick has done in so so few games in his career. I mean, it's unprecedented, no doubt about it. And I just I find it humorous that we even have to have this conversation to begin with. But when we come back from this break, guys, we're going to talk about the Lions and Chiefs. What are we expecting in this matchup? Do we think that the Lions have any chance at all? What are we? What should we be worried about? From the Lions as a Chiefs fan. We'll get back to that after this. Casey Hardgoods is the brainchild of local Kansas City degenerate Scott Reinerson. Born from a passion of old materials and custom designs. Specializing in reclaimed wood, burned art and signs. And upcycled leather wallets and accessories. Follow Casey Hardgoods on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number five. I am your I am your host Lance Twiddle here inside the Casey Beard Co. Studios with my guys Eddie Ortiz yo, yo, yo. and Trevor Twidwell. Hey there! All right, so we've covered a lot of ground. We got one big segment left for you guys, and obviously we want to get right into the meat of this week's game. Um, we do our predictions obviously right before the Sunday games get started. Well, actually, we do Thursday night that game, and then we get into the rest of the matchups as the weekend progresses. But um, yeah, tonight I really want to talk about this matchup for a minute, um, just because of the fact that. I don't really know how how many of us like what we were really expecting from this game. Um, the Lions are obviously two zero and one. They have not lost yet technically this season, um, tying with the Arizona Cardinals in Week One, and then upsetting the Chargers, and then going and beating the brakes off the Eagles in Philadelphia last week. Dare I say the Lions are a decent team? Yeah. Um, healthy, and now looking at the Chiefs going into Detroit, which by the way will be the first time that. Patrick Mahomes has played in a dome, in a dome stadium in his uh, professional career. So twenty starts, not one dome start. That's pretty crazy. Um, so it's gonna be kind of scary to see what he can do with that and speed. And hopefully, he he play, I think he's only played four games in his entire football and, career. Yeah, and he averaged five and, touchdowns and almost six hundred passing yards in those yeah, games. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the, the the common sense part of this is because of the fact that I said healthy. The Lions are gonna go without Darius Slay, who is easily a top five corner in today's NFL. Maybe the one of the most underrated players in the NFL. Yeah, will not will not be able to play this week. 
not only that, the Lions are one of the worst teams, surprisingly, I'm sure, um, at running the ball. They've only had two 100-yard rushers since 2013. The Lions have had a lot of problems running the ball, and if we know anything about this defense so far on the Chiefs' end, they've been letting teams run all over them. Yeah, and then so I they'll say, probably have like 200 rushing yards against us this, <laughs> this week. Well, let's hope not, because the Chiefs have definitely had issues, like I said, going into the season. And, and I said earlier in the show, and I, and I alluded to it, I teased at it, the Chiefs are going to have a serious problem on their hands if the Lions can run the ball successfully yeah, on Johnson's Sunday. Johnson's a hell of a running back. So. He's a good running back, no doubt, but he has not had well. any success so far this season. And if the Chiefs are going to allow them to eat up clock and keep Patrick Mahomes off the field, basically what I'm saying is this. If the Chiefs don't beat the Lions by 20-plus points this week, it's because the defense couldn't get the Lions off the field. Yeah, and Stafford's banged up, too. He has a hip issue. So they're going to want to get the ball out quick, and they're going to want to run the ball and try to manage the clock because they're not going to want Stafford taking any hits that he can't that he shouldn't be taking. Um, so I expect them to have a quick, fast-paced offense. They're usually a deep a deep ball offense. Stafford's got a great deep ball, and he's got two of the best deep ball guys, and, and Marvin Jones and, and Kenny Galladay, who are tall and fast and are really good in the in the end zone and red zone. Um, but if if Stafford's banged up, you know they're going to want to get the ball out quick, and Carrion Johnson's going to be t- probably catching a lot of checkdown balls. So we just got to monitor the underneath game, and then just you know have somebody monitoring obviously the over the top because at any time those guys can get over the top on you. And they're big, and they will get up and get. They will beat our corners, and those get up and get it balls. So we got to yeah, monitor that. I mean, if they've watched any tape, I, I think they with uh, Matthew Stafford uh, banged up with a hip uh, injury. Mm-hmm. I think they will run the ball a lot more than that they will pass it. I honestly think they will. They'll try to run on on the Chiefs because I'm saying if they watch tape throughout the Chiefs' first three weeks, yeah, obviously they've seen that they struggle with the run with the run defense. The problem that the problem that offenses run into with the Chiefs, if you. Even remember last week that the Ravens had to start going away slowly from the run game, even though it was successful because it was eating up so much clock and the offense on the Chiefs side just scores points at will. So you eventually have to evade you know, that mentality, which sucks for teams because I think in a perfect world yeah. against the Chiefs offense, you want to run the ball and they just can't do it at some point in the game. And I think, yes, I, I actually agree with you, Eddie. I do think it early in the game, the Lions are really going to try to set the tempo. I do think they're going to want to get the ball first. So if they get an opportunity, they're going to get the ball first. And they're gonna. I think they're gonna try to run the ball. I think Kerryon Johnson's gonna get plenty of love, and that's why it's so pivotal. I, I I don't think, I don't think there's really any realistic way the Chiefs are gonna lose this game. I do think this game can be very telling as far as where the Chiefs' defense is at its current time. Because, like I said, if they're giving up over 100 rushing yards to this Lions team, this defense has got a mile and a half to still go to even yeah. be a good, a decent defense. And this, and this, and the Detroit Lions defense is actually surprisingly pretty good, and they're really stout against the run. Um, so I think they're really going to focus on stopping McCoy in our running game and force us to throw, which is oh, that's fine. just terrible. That's, that's fine. Oh, uh, we'll we'll oh, do that. Shit. Um, so I, I, I have I have Mahomes throwing five touchdowns in this game, and I think we're going to boat race the shit out of him. I think it's going to be over pretty quickly. Um, I just don't expect much of a fight from them. They don't have the firepower to really come at us with that. Uh, we've been actually surprisingly good against the deep ball outside of week one against DJ Shark. He's the only one that really got us. And there was those ridiculous plays against the uh, um, last weekend with the Ravens, those those ridiculous chuck up balls that that Lamar threw that they completed somehow. Um, besides that, we are, are we've been really good against the number one and number two wide receivers on the outside. So I mean, and Kendall Fuller has been locked down in the corner in the slot so far this year. So I'm not worried about Danny Amendola whatsoever. The only thing I'm worried about is is Karen Johnson breaking some big plays because he's known to do that. He's very good, um, and he, he's he's going to catch a lot of check down balls. 
Um, so we just got to make sure we're, we're monitoring that underneath game. But I mean, I can live with that though. Yeah. If, they're, if they're getting a lot of like underneath stuff and we can maintain them under that and not letting anything over the top, that's all we got to do. Well, I, I've been, I've been trying to find some sort of, um, cause every matchup is different. So you want to hear like, you know, the local radio hosts. Yeah. Of- uh, of that city Matt at Patricia's that time. Matt Patricia's been pretty good Matt so far. Patricia, the head coach of the Lions, has been sounding like, well, shit, we got to play mm-hmm. the Chiefs this week. Let's just try to survive it and yeah. not lose by 30. Um, it sounds it, dude, right, hilarious. Yeah, Lions That's radio's true. been kind of the same way, very monotone. Like fat. But what I found interesting was there was actually a defense for the Lions in a way I never thought I would hear it. And something about NFL Network, they just like to hire dipshits. I, I don't know what it is about their way about them but you know they've hired Derek Carr which is or David Carr which is an insane mistake but then He's James but then James Jones former wide receiver comes out and, and says that the Chiefs are yeah. the upset alert of the week and then his reasoning behind it with the upset alert he like, said he said his his upset alert what? of the week is the Chiefs get losing to the Lions oh, losing to the yeah Lions. and he, he meant said, lock. his his reason behind it was the Chiefs are going to be going into a place that has no energy from their crowd, so the Chiefs are going to come out flat, and that gives the Lions home field advantage. Now, I'm not kidding. This was a real thing. Is he not aware that we scored 28 points in a quarter in the black hole, one of the, one of the nastiest places? No, play? but his point was is that it's going to be such low energy from the crowd. Like the, like, the crowd isn't going to care. Or anything uh, like it's going to be very quiet. It's going to be like it's going to be like a, so like it's a like very a practice. It's going to be like a family practice. Like, yeah, like, yeah, I'm not yeah, trying to make yeah. sense of it. I'm just letting you know Fuck, what James oh, no. Jones said. This this is <laughs> how desperate this is how desperate the the this is how desperate it's becoming when it comes to the Chiefs playing bad teams. Is it well? Even like Brian Baldinger came on to six ten today was like, well, they're they're. They they play as a team in regards to the Lions. Yeah, when that's the type of stuff you have to conjure up, the team's not good. This team plays as a team, guys. So be careful. So what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is for the Chiefs. Look out! Obviously the number obviously the number one goal for the Chiefs this week is to win. The Chiefs need to beat the shit out of Lions this week. Let's just call it what it is. They need to go in there. They need to drop some D on them. Yeah, and then and then walk out and not even say thank you. It reminds you. me of similar. That's what needs to happen. Reminds me of when we last year we went into Pittsburgh, right? Because Pittsburgh was rolling and they were looking like a really obviously they were a good team last year for the most part until second half of the season they fell off hard. We went in there and we and Patrick Mahomes threw six touchdowns and one by five. Though. Right. <laughs> well, I know, I know, but this defense is better, and I, I this offense isn't the Steelers' offense, right? So. I think that's similar. What we're going to see, they don't have without Darius Slay in there, dude. They're absolutely screwed, and they were screwed even with him. Um, like I said, we're going to boat race them, dude. They don't have. There's just, we're just it's just too much. I think Kelsey's going to have a couple touchdowns. Uh, they have no one. Their linebacker core cannot even sniff this dude's jockstrap. He's going to. This is going to be the Kelsey game. Um, I'm calling it right now. I think he's going to absolutely destroy this defense. Uh, and McCoy's going to catch a lot of checkdown passes and get and get a lot of chunk plays. And, and we're just going to we're going to comfortably go into this dome and just handle business and get out of there. And if it's, I mean, if they're talking about it's going to be a low energy stadium and we have the ball, and you're telling me Mahomes going to have the ball and it's going to be quiet, and he can communicate clearly with the coaching on the sideline. Oh shit! Oh yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah, that's, I honestly think uh, that's not what we want, right? Yeah. I, I honestly think there's going to be a lot of cheese fans in there. Well, yeah, maybe because we travel Midwest. well, especially right now. It's yeah, yeah, it's down the street, man. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I, I did have like a nine. I did. Drive, maybe? I did get the offer last week to drive up there with some friends, and, and I looked at the tickets, and it was surprisingly pretty cheap. So, um, yeah, you're probably right. There's probably going to be a good number I, of cheese fans the, up there. I mean, yeah, I know as this, a cheese as a cheese. Maybe fan, that'll be the game plan. You know, hey, there's so many cheese fans. It's going to mess with Mahomes' psyche <laughs> that he might go out flat. <laughs> it feels like a home game. Why am I in Detroit? Someone cuss me out. Here goes an interception. You know, like this does have a feel for a trap game. It does, and it, it feels like every time we play the Raiders, it's like there's like that trap game, 
possibility because it, it, it's always the, you know, the Raiders, we always have tend to have good games with them. Um, not now anymore, obviously in this generation, but I'm just saying this does have a feel for that. So I can understand like some guys trying to be come out, like some analysts trying to come out and be contrarian and like say, Oh, there's some slight, you know, sometimes it is what it is. We're the much better team and we're going to come out and play as such. And it's going to happen. It's just, this, this game is going to be over quick. I'm telling you right now, this game is going to be over quick. I'm ready to take care of business. And we're going to be on to the next game. I lean more on Trevor's side about the, the stat side of things too. I think, I think Patty's going to, I don't even know if he's going to finish the game. I just think it's, it's going to be one of those where he probably really? does. Yeah. Detroit has a really, really good run defense. I get the whole, I get the whole trap game like thing because the lions aren't bad as a team, but I also feel like it kind of reminds me of last year when the Bengals came to Arrowhead and they were three and one or four and one. I forget what they yeah, were. That's everybody, a better comparison. Everybody was talking about like, Oh man, the Bengals are for real. And the Chiefs beat him by 35. Yeah. It wasn't even a game. We were sitting next to each other. Did they flex that game? Yeah, they flexed that game to Sunday Night Football. And then they went on and destroyed the Browns. <laughs> and and just yeah. embarrassed the Christ out of them, dude. And I, I think that's what's going to happen. I yeah. mean, everyone's kind of like trying to give the Lions some love, but there's like nothing great about them. And they're, again, one of those teams that have no identity. You don't yeah. know what they're going to be from week in to week out basis. Yeah. I just think that the Chiefs are just going to go in there. And like Trevor said, I think it's going to be a very, a very monstrous blowout. I yeah. think that's what's going to happen. Matthew Stafford is is banged up. I'm yeah. sure one big hit. And it's his hit too. I, I think that's, and that is, I'm yeah, glad you said that. Sack, if he gets yeah. sacked, it's a big hit. I, I think that he will come out that game. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that too, because I, like I said, I'm already obviously confident our offense is going to go out there and just do what we do. We're, this game's, we're going to do it. We'll do it offensively. I want to see us hit Stafford. I want to see the aggressive, I want to see the aggressive play calling defensively from Spags. I want to see him mix some things yeah. up. I want to see us, Hit the quarterback for once. We, I mean, I know we've, we've done it a couple times here and there. Last week we got a couple of hits and a couple of sacks, but I want to see us be aggressive in this game. I want us to go out there and make a statement in the dome. You know, I want us to go out there and like everybody's trying to say that this is going to be a, a competitive game, a possibly trap game. I want us to go out there and shut that whole idea down. I want us to go out there and just hit the shit out of Stafford. If he's banged up, take advantage of that. Exactly. Hit him in the hips. Fucking take him. This is football, him. dude. Go out there and make a statement. Don't let him make those plays. You right. Know what I mean? Like he's gonna he's gonna make those quick throws because yeah. he's not gonna get. You know. I've always said that, that that's one thing I do not like about Andy Reid is that he's oftentimes way too nice to his opponents. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's what Spags comes in though. I think Spags. No, I'm talking about his offense filthy. though because I mean the Chiefs could have hung fifty on the Raiders. Yeah. They could have hung more points on the Ravens. But you they know my have... side of that. I, I think they just wanted to get the hell out of that I disgusting get it. stadium. I get it. My point is, though, is that this is the type of game in, in an enclosed environment. Yeah. No weather. No this sand on the this damn is, this field. This is a game we can run it up on it's, them. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, no, 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 there's no reason in the world why the Chiefs can't hang 45, 50 points yeah, yeah, this yeah. week. There's the no only, reason. The so. only reason this game would be even remotely close is if the offense is not clicking. Yeah. If there's something in the offense that's not clicking, but all we need, we've seen it. Do we, our offense can not be clicking for three quarters. No, I, we just need one. We, exactly, we've seen that. Yeah. So I mean, second quarter. Right. Like, yeah. like I told you guys, in Patrick Mahomes' twenty games as a starting quarterback, the only time the Chiefs have lost is when their defense has given up more than twenty-eight points. Yep. When they've held they've held their deep the lo, the, the lowest possession. Yeah, twenty-nine yeah. points. I'm sorry, the Chargers. Um, scored twenty-nine yeah. in the Thursday night football game last year. Twenty-nine on the, to twenty-eight in the push off. Yeah. So basically, if you hold your opponent to essentially 30 points or less, the Chiefs are winning. Mm -hmm. I don't think the Lions are scoring 30 points on Sunday. And I'm we're sorry. Better, and we're a better team this year. So. Yeah, I don't I don't see – unless the Lions go out there and have the game of their lives, yeah. I don't foretell – and even if they do score 30 points, you're telling me right now that the Chiefs aren't going to score 30 points? Yeah. Like, that's the whole point. I know, man. So – I'm, I'm ready for it. My body's ready. I'm and, ready uh, too. Yeah. I'm going to probably be naked during the game. Yes. So. Yep. Is that cool? I mean, is that right with you guys? Yeah, man. Yeah. 
Do do these also. Baby oil? No baby oil? Well, hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. I'll Venmo you the cost. I, okay. I, like, I like surprises, man. So just... <laughs> All right. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, we're going to get to some uh, fantasy football talk oh, yeah. with Trevor Twidwell. Oh, yeah. Turn down the lights. The moment is right for fantasy football talk with Trevor Twidwell. It's over 9,000! All right, Fantasy Talk with Trevor Twidwell. I'm going to leave the floor to him. Go right at it, man. What do we got this week? All right, man. Well, I'm going to – obviously, this is going to be geared more to – I'm more of a DFS guy, but I do have – quite a bit of knowledge as far as like regular season team goes like league long season teams goes um so i'm gonna do starts and sits if you have these guys on your teams you know you could take my advice you, you could not i had some hit last week i had some definitely flop uh some guys that went off that i said to sit so if you sat them, i'm sorry um if, you know you can either listen you don't have to listen it's fine um but my start of the week for QB, and I'm going right back to the well because it's funny because he was a sit for me last week and he went off. So I'm going to have to kind of swing the pendulum back this week. Uh, Daniel Jones, man, the guy looks so good against that Buccaneers defense. I thought the Buccaneers defense was going to come ready against a rookie quarterback that had no experience yet, but the dude balled through two touchdowns and ran to. The guy looks incredible, and he's got legitimate weapons in Evan Ingram and, and Sterling Shepard. They're going to get uh, Golden Tate back here pretty soon. I mean, I know uh, um, uh, Saquon Barkley's out right now, but when they get Saquon back, they got legitimate weapons, man. This this team could make some noise in this last push of the season. Well, who knows? We'll see. Um, but Daniel Jones against the Redskins defense, I mean, fire him up. I mean, everyone against the Redskins defense has literally gone off. Um, their corners are absolute trash. Um, so, yeah, definitely fire him up. Um, and if you have Evan Ingram to team up with him, Man, that's a that's a hell of a stack. I would go all, all in on that one. Um, I sit at quarterback 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 of the week this week is Mitchell Trubisky. Um, he could damn near be a sit every week, but I'm just I'm having him on here as a sit because because I have him as a sit because he went off last week. Yeah, um, and that was a good matchup, right? And he looked he looked well. He he made some plays, but going up against the Vikings defense this week is just maybe the worst matchup of the week as far as quarterback versus defenses go. Um, I just I do not like I don't I don't like a lot of what Nagy's been doing so far this year with the offense. He's trying to get he's like outsmarting himself a lot of times. And Trubisky is just not the guy. He's just not. Um, he doesn't have it, man. So I think you can expect you know multiple turnovers probably from Trubisky against this Vikings defense. Uh, if it's not a fumble, it's a pick. The guy's kind of a mess. So sit him if you have him. Definitely fine. There's going to be somebody on the waiver wire you can go pick up to start. Um, I would go pick up Case Keenum and start over him easily. Um, so there's that. Uh, my running back start, and it's against my team, but I think you can fire on Johnson up against this Chiefs defense. I think we're – a lot of times it seems like we're purposely allowing a lot of chunk players and underneath players and, and, and gashes up the middle to the running backs. And I think he's going to get you know every bit of 20, 25 carries against us. And anybody who gets 20, 25 carries or 20, 25 touches against our defense in the running back game is going to have really good fantasy points. They, and, and especially if it's garbage time. You can you can bank on it. He's going to get some garbage time points against us. If, if, if we're up twenty one points on them, he's going to get a lot because we're going to be playing prevent, and he's going to be getting a lot of chunk plays underneath. So fire him up for some 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 nice garbage time points there. Uh, I'm guessing he's going to get fifteen to twenty points fantasy wise. So fire him up. 
my sit is Frank Gore. I know Frank Gore actually performed pretty well last week, uh, but he's playing the the path the Patriots defense, who's been solid. And he's sixty nine years but old. The dude performs though, man. He's 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 been double digits in almost any time he gets to start. He's double digits, and he's you know you, you draft him towards the end of, of your drafts if you drafted him. So he he's been a value the last couple of weeks. But I think um, Singletary might be might be back this week, so definitely monitor that. But Frank Gore is definitely a sit against that Patriots defense, whether they're in Buffalo or not, which should be a good game. But I think it's going to be a really slow, slow, low scoring game. Um, so don't bank on him and give you some points there. Um, my wide receivers. I do. I love this guy this week, especially for uh, daily fantasy. If you're playing DFS, I love Christian Kirk this week. Um, he's my start of the week at, at the wide receiver position. The Arizona events. I mean, Arizona offense, as much as they've been, they've looked like a mess. Sometimes they are so fun to watch and they spread the ball out so much. They throw the ball. They, I think they have the most um, um, plays per game out of all offenses so far in this in the, in the league, um, and Chris, it's really divvied up between Christian Kirk and um, Larry Fitzgerald. Those guys are they're getting like 11, 12 targets a week. I mean, against the Seahawks defense, who's been getting gashed, they got gashed by freak, the freaking Bengals offense, um, who doesn't look that good, but they they're still you know decent. But I I, I think the uh, Christian Kirk and Larry Fitz should both eat against the Seahawks defense because I, I think the Seahawks is really going to focus on stopping uh, DJ David Johnson from getting off. Um, so I'm definitely I like I like Christian Kirk there, um, and then my sit would be Stefan Diggs against the Bears defense, right? So I think that Bears. That Bears uh, uh, um, Vikings game is going to be just, just an ugly one. It's going to be a defensive game. Uh, Stefan Diggs has blow up games, but this ain't it. Uh, even if even if Diggs was to say like someone's wide receiver one. Oh yeah, he's a oh, man. I mean, you might have that's really a, a subjective thing though because it depends on what you have at your depth. But I mean, even if I would start John Brown against the Patriots defense over him right now. Because the Bears the Bears defense and I don't obviously this comes back down to Stefan Diggs' quarterback. I think. I think uh, Kirk Cousins is just going to be absolutely ass against this Bears defense. Per usual, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think both I think, I think both quarterbacks in this game are going to be terrible. I think Kirk Cousins and and Trubisky are going to be horrible to watch, and it's going to be an absolute defensive showdown. I don't think there's going to be any productivity out of these, any receivers for either of these teams. It's going to be a run, a lot of running, a lot of defense, a lot of turnovers, maybe some defensive touchdowns. Because um, between Trubisky and Kirk Cousins, there's going to be some picks yeah. thrown. Um, so, yeah, I don't like Stefan Diggs. I love Stefan Diggs as a player, a player and a talent almost every week besides this one. Um, yeah, so he's my sit of the week there. Uh, and then going to tight ends, I'm going back to the well, man. This guy's been an absolute weapon for Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson's been throwing the ball a lot more these past weeks since the running game has been absolutely horrible with with uh, the fumbles left and right every every. At almost every possession, they feel like they're fumbling the ball away. Um, so Russell Wilson's happened to use his legs a little more and throw the ball a lot more. But Will Disley, it looked like an absolute stud with, with Russell Wilson. And they have chemistry there. Um, there was actually a little bit of that chemistry last year before Will Disley got hurt. Um, but it's I think he has three touchdowns in the last two games. So, I mean, Will Disley, man, it, it, the hype is real. I like the guy, he's shown to have that chemistry with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson loves him when they're in the red zone. Um, so fire him up, man. He's, he's cheap. If you're playing daily fantasy, he's cheap. He, a lot of people are going to be playing him, but he, you got to take those points with that cheap money, and you can find your, you know, spend your money elsewhere. But if you have him, if you picked him up on the waiver wire, fire him up over guys like uh, Jared Cook. If you drafted Jared Cook, you could drop Jared Cook for Will Disley at this point. Uh, leading into that, that's my segue because my sit is actually Jared Cook against the Cowboys defense. Um, I think the Cowboys defense is stout. They've been their linebacker core is great. Uh, they've been really good against opposing tight ends, and Jared Cook hasn't shown anything yet. Um, I think he's going to have some really good weeks because he always has blow up weeks because he's an athletic freak. Um, but with Bridgewater, I don't know. They haven't they haven't really shown a connection yet. Uh, Jared Cook had a decent connection with Breeze, 
But that's obviously out the window for the next few weeks at least. Um, so Jared Cook is definitely my sit of the week against that Cowboys defense. And uh, that wraps up my starts and sits, man. Nice. All right. Well, like I said, if you uh, – yeah, give, go ahead and give Trevor a hand on that one. You're all welcome. <laughs> I'm probably going to be wrong on every single one of those. <laughs> yeah, that's what we. Support. That's what we do. It's this is this is the show. This is the the comic relief. Yeah, Jared Cook's going to have four touchdowns. Now. <laughs> so yeah. Now I'm kind of hoping that happens. I would, I'll quit this segment if Jared Cook has four <laughs> no, touchdowns. No, no. I'll fire this segment <laughs> if that happens. Like Trevor. Trevor's no longer hanging with my ceiling fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor's no longer with us, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Jared Cook had four touchdowns for him, so that'll be on my that'll be on my note hanging from my neck. Fuck Jared Cook. Uh, you take care of my kids now, Jared Cook. You asshole. You made me look bad on the spoken podcast, prick. I quit life. Oh my god. All right. Well, we only have one thing left to do tonight, guys. And what's that called? Hold this L. It's time to. I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> Le him, the her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L Cool J stuff. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man! Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, pulsating oh L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant bastard. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this L. Hold This L, brought to you by Casey Beard Company. Since 2014, Casey Beard Co. has been handcrafting beard and skincare products in Kansas City with 100% organic ingredients, giving you everything you need to take care of your beard and skin on a daily basis. So visit them at CaseyBeardCo.com and follow them on Instagram and Twitter at CaseyBeardCo. Eddie, it's been a long time, man. This better be a good L. I mean, I wouldn't say good L, but you've had like six months. This better be a good L, Eddie. <laughs> Deserving L. You you owe us a good L. You just went to Puerto Rico and had a blast in the sun. Your your skin. I mean, you you look like you literally look like copper right now. Thank you. Thank I'm you. jealous. So this better be a good L because we've had to hold the we've had to hold the fort down while you've been gone having a blast in the sun. So my hold this L this week goes to none other than Sporting Kansas City. Uh, was it two days ago, or I believe it was, uh, yeah, two days ago, they played uh, Minnesota, Minnesota United, in a game where if they lose, they would be eliminated from contending uh, in a, to even make the playoffs. And for the first time in eight years since the rebrand in 2011, Sporting Kansas City fell to make the playoffs. My reason for this L is because throughout the season, I've stated it plenty of times that it, it was time for a change. And obviously, I don't think they listened to the Spoken Podcast because <laughs> the change never sure. came. That's unfortunate. The change never came, and now now we're sitting here with uh, Sporting Kansas City missing the playoffs for the first time in eight years. Hopefully, yeah. they're listening to this episode, and the change comes for next year. Because if they don't, it's only going to get worse. Uh they need to start bringing in players. I, I know we don't have a a, a big market in, in MLS-wise here competing against the Chiefs and the Royals, but there is money to bring players. Yeah, sporting is a good program. Yes, uh, yeah. especially when your city is known as the capital city yeah. of America. Right. So you have to be able to bring players. Bring. It's just 
I, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, to me, it feels like they just don't care anymore. They already did what they were supposed to do, which was win the MLS title, U.S. Open Cup. To me, they felt like that that was it. and They're just resting on their laurels now. Yes, yeah. now it's just living from the past. Right. right. So if they don't make a change any like soon uh, before next season, uh, it's only going to get worse. So my L is going to go to Sporting Kansas City. So Sporting KC. Hold this L. That sucks, but it's yeah. the truth. It, it'll get better, I believe. I believe. If I they so. listen to this podcast, yes. yeah. just listen to the Spoken Podcast and life gets better for yes. you, all right? <laughs> it's that simple. It is pretty What simple. do you guys think we're doing here? Jeez. Shit. Yes. I mean, we're like, we're like Dr. Th- Dr. Phil in three forms. <laughs> I mean, all three of us are bald, which is a start. We're like Captain Planet. We all have with. facial hair, which is another start. <laughs> you know, and we're talented. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Trev, who's, who's holding your L? Those are all so true. Um, <laughs> We're all overweight. <laughs> <laughs> Barring Trevor. <laughs> yeah, fuck you guys. Uh, um, my L, man, is going to go to the AFC West division outside of the Chiefs. Um, Raiders are 1-2. and two. Chargers are 1-2. and two. Broncos are 0-3. Last year, in the last few years, this has been one of, if not the best division in football, as far as competitiveness goes between the teams and, I mean, overall talent on a lot of these rosters, especially between the Chargers and the Chiefs. But we've seen the Chargers. I know they just got Melvin Gordon back, but they should they should be undefeated as far as the teams that they faced so far this year. They should have. I mean, I know the Colts are a good team, and I know, but they should have beat the, they should have beat uh, Detroit. They should have took care of business again in that game. Um, but it's really looking like this race is already over. I mean, I know we all had the Chiefs winning the division, but I, I feel like a lot of us had the Chargers within a, you know a couple games of us, you know, you know, fighting pretty close with us tooth and nail, just like it was last year. You know, they they very well could have took the division from us last yeah. year, right? Um, and this, they're the same team this year. I know they always have injuries; they always have big injuries. Um, but my L is going to this this division because it's it's already over, man. Like this this division race is it's not even close. We've we've improved and everyone else has regressed. Right. Um, statistically and it's overall performance wise, the, none of those teams look the same. The Broncos look maybe like outside of the Miami, the worst team in football. Joe Flacco is a, an absolute corpse out there. Um, and the Raiders, you know, are are the Raiders. So they're getting ready to move, you know, to a new stadium. And, and the Chargers, I don't know. The Chargers might might win ten games this year, maybe. They're not looking so good right now. We'll see what they do against Miami. They should take care of business against them. But the Chiefs are—I mean, the Chiefs are looking like we're unbeatable at this point. Uh, if I'm just being real, um, and the rest of this division is just going to sulk in their pain and their sorrows for the rest of this year. And there's no chance any of them are even going to come close to us this year. So, uh, the Broncos, Raiders, Chargers—y'all guys can go ahead and uh, hold, hold this L. And now they're going to go undefeated, right? Hey, <laughs> right. <laughs> Melvin Gordon was the reason. Yeah, I've always been a guy that believes that if you talk trash and you back it up, I'll never say anything and no one should ever say anything. I think there's been plenty of athletes throughout history that have, have talked the talk and then have walked the walk. And I respect the hell out of those guys because they backed up every word. Muhammad Ali and you had your Joe Namath with guaranteeing the victory and they do. You had your Terrell Owens that would always talk shit, but back it up with one of the most you know prolific careers in NFL history we've ever seen from a wide receiver. Uh, it's been throughout time, 
And we've seen it and we've seen guys that have just made themselves into utter badasses because of that very fact. But then we have situations like last week when we had one time at one time a soon to be chief, but ended up becoming a Baltimore Raven. Talk about some things when it came to facing the Chiefs this week. And I'm talking about one Earl Thomas. When his quote, when when talking about the the matchup and talking about what he was going to see in this matchup, what he was going to do, he said, quote, luckily the Ravens have me playing free safety, controlling the deep end, Thomas said. Luckily. I plan on eliminating all the big plays, end quote. Earl Thomas is going to probably be a Hall of Fame player. I wanted Earl Thomas very badly on this Chiefs defense because he usually is a bad man. But Earl Thomas wrote checks that his ass could not check, uh, cash last week. And it was embarrassing because Earl Thomas looked completely lost out there. He looked like Kendrick Lewis mm. this week. And if anybody knows Kendrick Lewis, Kendrick Lewis wasn't good at football. So it's like a Scooby-Doo episode where they pull his face off and it's yeah, Kendrick Lewis. And I would have got away with it too. I knew it. Patrick Mahomes and the plethora. <laughs> Earl Thomas absolutely got embarrassed. He he said he elim- he plans on eliminating all the big plays, and none of that happened. Yeah. In fact, Patrick Mahomes. In fact, Patrick Mahomes had three touchdown passes, completed over seventy percent of his passes, had over three hundred yards again. And the Chiefs, although only won by five, the game was never as close yeah. as it sounded. Or box, it, it the box score was deceiving. So, I don't really have to say anything else. That's it. Earl Thomas, go ahead and do me a favor. Do the spoken podcast a favor and. Oh, Thank you. Did he say it's like, oh, we're gonna see him again? Probably. I think he said that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably. And they probably will. Which and then it'll be the same as possible, but we don't know that. We don't know that. Jesus Christ, this (laughs) as as we're recording, the earth is literally falling down. Thor is pissed off outside right now. (laughs) Speaking of that, go to Red Tribe Cinema and watch the new video that we just released. It's called Iron Mahomes. Uh, it was a lot of fun to make that video. Not safe for work. Lots of nudity. Yeah, lots of nudes. Um, yes. No, it's really not. It's Clay actually needs to chill. It's very yeah, Christian. Um, <laughs> yeah, go check it out, guys. Mormon safe. Go to Red Tribe Cinema. Clay Windler absolutely kills it every single time. It gets better and better. Um, two quick things before we get out of here. Um, I'm going to make a prediction. I know I don't usually do this. It's a rule of mine, but I'm going to do it anyway on before Sunday. I told Trevor about it earlier, and I am of 100% belief it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. The Buffalo Bills are going to beat the Patriots this week in Buffalo. Mm. Remember I said it. I can break it down. It's funny you say that, but it's going to happen. I have a And I will hold all the L's if I am wrong, but I'm telling you, I'm not going to be wrong. All my listeners, all of my listeners, all the listeners, (laughs) remember I said it. The Buffalo Bills will beat the New England Patriots mm. this week. It's funny you say that because I've been toting Josh. Allen all year so far this year, and as far as fantasy goes, for sure, I love the guy. I like watching plays, fun to watch. Yeah, I like I like the Bills were my sleeper team this year. Um, but this week, I have Josh Allen turning the ball over twice and having a really bad game. So I just hey, this I, I week like I this, don't have Josh Allen turn the ball over twice. <laughs> and I, I know, no, no, I, I actually have, have him having a. I have the polar opposite <laughs> take as you. I, I love Josh Allen almost every week except for this one. I just think. I just bill check against the, against him, man. I just think he's gonna have some. I think he's gonna have a rough game. Yeah, but gonna, I, I hope. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I hope you're right. I yeah, really you're gonna do. be wrong. Okay, um, I hope so, so. I hope so. But uh, but another thing I wanted to throw out there also is we didn't we don't talk a lot of baseball on this show. Um, you know, mostly because it's you know football is king and it's football season, and quite frankly, baseball has been complete shit for the last couple of years Especially in Kansas City. Kansas City yeah. Um, but I do want to throw this out here real quick. Um, 
we had just heard this week that uh, the manager, longtime manager of the Kansas City Royals, Ned Yost, has decided to hang it up. Mm. Um, I, I didn't want to go an entire week or an entire episode without acknowledging that. For um, sure. Whether you liked Ned, Ned Yost or not, personally, I did like a lot of things he did here in Kansas City. He was he was a hard ass and hard to get along with. And Best quite frankly, ever had, he was kind of hard to like at times, especially before the, the Royals started winning. But yeah. um, there, there's a certain level of respect I think I think we all need to have for Ned. And uh, yes, he is going to forever represent a great time in Kansas City because, you know, we're all, you know, still pretty young guys and we never really saw any success in Kansas City as far as baseball was concerned. So when he came here and, and really started to, you know, do the fundamentals and the quote unquote small ball mentality, I hated it personally, but I also enjoyed results. And what I saw in the results was he made things happen, man. And, and managers in baseball are always very tough to gauge as far as how good they really are. Yeah. But if you remember, at the heyday of the Royals, the peak of the Royals, they had the best bullpen we've yeah, ever seen. Put together one of the best and, we've ever seen. And, and, and Ned had a lot to do with yeah. that. And what I love about Ned the, the most about him, what I love about him the most, is he never likes taking credit for anything. He pre, he promotes the hell, of, the hell out of his other coaches, his other managers. He promotes the hell out of his players. He even said when they won the World Series in 2015, he didn't even take part of the champagne splash party. He he He's like, that was for them. Yeah, Like that's powerful for me to hear that from a manager who had every right to be in the middle of that and get all the glory and get all the respect and honor and praise. He let his players have that. Mm -hmm. And that's just, and that reigns supreme, man. You hear all of his players talking about how much they loved him for a baseball team. That's with each other almost 300 days a year to hear them say that about a a manager for that length of time Mm -hmm. and to see Dayton Moore cry. I have never seen Dayton Moore get emotional in a press conference. Yeah. Man literally cried at that press conference. Man. To see him see that happen, that tells you how great of a yeah. how great of an impact Ned Yost had on winning, the world. Yeah, winning at the highest level like that, man, that, that creates a bond that's inseparable. Like you, you, that's something you can't you'll never forget. And the bond that you have with your brothers that you won with is something you'll never forget. So yeah, that's something the city will forever remember, yeah. especially this younger generation, our generation as well, you know, seeing that firsthand. Yeah, it's yeah, it's important to the city. Man. So enjoy so. your time off with Jeff Foxworthy at your uh, farm, uh, because they're best <laughs> friends. I don't know if you guys knew that, yeah. but um, enjoy your time with your hillbillies. Um, and congratulations <laughs> on a great career, man. You had you know the better part of four decades in baseball. So, yep. um, congratulations to Ned Yost, and I just wish the best for the Royals from here on out, man. Because you know, like I said, they got a long way to go. But uh, but yeah, man. Like I said, just wanted to throw that out there before we got done the show. So in that. For Eddie Ortiz, the newly acquired Eddie Ortiz, the tan Eddie Ortiz, Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo himself. Uh, For Trevor Twidwell, (laughs) I am Lance Twidwell here inside the KC Beard Co. Studios wrapping up episode 31. We want to thank all of our sponsors, all of our listeners, and until next week, we out of this bitch. Bye. See ya. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned into the Spoken. I might actually stick I might actually stick around for a little bit.